Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Colby. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you, Cindy. It's great to hear from some of our key members and committees, and thank you for all the work on the Connect shows. It's my honor. Uh, First, I just want to say, weren't those three wonderful breakout sessions? I mean, I, I had a hard time jumping from one to the other. I wanted to listen to all of them at the same time, uh, but don't fear. They'll all be podcast and everybody will have a chance to listen to all the content. So they were just uh, thanks to everybody for, for some great programming. And I'm so pleased right now to introduce you to uh, a friend and a colleague and the chair of the ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk Committee uh, from Romney, West Virginia, Donna Brown. Welcome, Donna. Thank you, Dan. So each year I get so excited during the leadership conference to talk about the upcoming ACB Walk for that year. And this year, of course, is no exception. So I'm hoping that the walk song can be played now so you can kind of get yourself and you stand up and and walk for wherever you are if you're able. Uh, Do we have the song? ACP Walk. Yes, you know it's gonna be. It's gonna be in person and virtual too. It's a hybrid. Donna, sometimes it's the other way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. ACP Walk. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a hybrid. It's all up to you. You can be there. You can be there. Or do it virtually for the ACP Convention 22. song you heard it say uh several times walking everywhere that is the theme for the 2022 acb brenda dillon memorial walk and we chose this theme to not only uh be in support of the uh acb's get up and get moving campaign but when we actually do our in-person walk in omaha We are hoping and more than likely people will be joining us from everywhere in the United States and who knows, maybe abroad. I I don't know that. Um, But I want to talk just very briefly about what the ACB Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk is for people who might not know. Uh, This walk was started 14 years ago and it's an annual event now. Uh, Dan Dillon and his late wife, Brenda. Uh, in 2009, in hot Orlando, Florida, uh, we organized the first ACB walk. Uh, and the event has grown tremendously ever since. This walk was designed to be a way of um, convention attendees uh, for getting some exercise. As people know, at a convention, you sit a lot. And so this was a way of getting exercise, but 
it was also a way for ACB to raise some funds. Um, the event over the years has brought in thousands and thousands of dollars to ACB. Uh, but we're going to talk more about how that works. So it has grown tremendously in about the last five or six years. Uh, we began offering an opportunity for affiliates to get a piece of the fundraising pie in the ACB walk. And that has grown. So what happens is uh, a person in your affiliate, whether it be state special interest affiliate, it can also be a ACB committee that functions at their events require monetary. Um, they, they would have to have a budget. Um, and so they, somebody from that committee or affiliate uh, signs them up as a, a walk team and gives it a name and, and the names are quite creative. Uh, sometimes that's one of my favorite parts is <laughs> seeing the names. Um, so then the affiliate, all the funds that that affiliate team, all the members of that affiliate team raise, they can designate up to 50% of those funds going back to their affiliate. So to give an example, uh, last year, we had several new teams, and I don't have time to go through every team and how much money each team raised. I just want to thank everyone for their uh, enthusiasm last year and their uh, hard work at raising over $90,000 for the affiliates in ACB. But I want to name two, uh, ACB Next Generation, which is our newest special interest affiliate, they had a team last year for the first time. Uh, they were the next ACB Next Gen All Stars, and they raised over three thousand dollars. Another new state affiliate team, the Michigan Apple Blossoms, uh, were a little bit late coming to the game, but my word, they they just went crazy raising money, and and again, they raised over three thousand dollars. And I might not have the amounts exactly right, so forgive me for that, but. For over $3,000, those two affiliates, their treasury received a check of over $1,500, which really is a nice little chunk of change for very little work. Uh, so uh, I, I want to let everyone know that the ACB 2020, 2022 Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, Walking Everywhere, uh, we'll be kicked off here shortly, uh, probably before April 1st. The walk website will be live and ready to go. Uh, stay tuned for announcements on ACB leadership list and, and ACB conversation and just about every list that we can uh, put information on. You will see information, I'm, I'm sure at some point, Cindy will have it on the, the community uh, events list uh, one day or maybe more than once. But um, So stay tuned. And then what will happen once that website becomes live, the walk committee is planning a few community calls at different times of the day because we know people uh, are working and, and can't be there during the day. And we know during the day works better for uh, some people. And so we will actually have community calls where we can actually demonstrate how to sign up your team, 
Or if you just want to register as an individual, that's fine. Uh, we will have uh, demonstrations of how to do that. And we're going to have make available some tutorials that people, even if they can't attend the community calls, they can have access to those tutorials. So the official ACB 2022 walk will be, there's a lot of twos in this this year. It will be on Saturday, July 2nd. Uh, this isn't a two, though. It's not at, well, it's at six o'clock. I better not say it's not at two o'clock. Anyway, it's at six o'clock in the evening. And it's going to be, this is a new twist on it this year. It's going to be right before general, the opening general session of the 2022 ACB National Conference and Convention. So those of you who didn't want to get up early in the morning in previous years for the walk, you don't have to this year. So you can join us at six o'clock and on site walkers, we'll start in the convention hotel and we will traverse eventually and file into general session with a, a grand entrance to kind of kick off the, the general session. Uh, do you have to be at the convention to participate? No. That's the cool thing about a, an event like this. You can walk if you want to walk with us that evening in, in your hometown or in your uh, living room or wherever you might be, but you can do your walk at another time. Uh, so, so in this case, you can join us virtually. You can join us in person. Um, but the big thing I, I want you to remember is you can set up a team for your affiliate and you can raise funds for both your affiliate and ACB at the same time. And, you know, um, it's pretty easy to, to raise money and all you have to do is ask, ask friends, ask family members, ask coworkers, even businesses. Um, each person who uh, participates in the walk, whether they are a team member or just an individual, uh, it's a $25 registration fee. And if you are a member of the team, half of that $25 goes back to your affiliate also. So it's a win-win situation. Win-win for ACB, win-win for your affiliate uh, with really pretty minimal work. And so stay tuned for announcements. Uh, my contact information will be in the announcements as the walk committee chair, uh, as well as there will be a link to the website. So I will end it now. And please join me at the 2022 ACB walk as we are walking everywhere. Thank you, Donna, and congratulations to the Bay State Patriots. They beat the Florida Hurricanes last year, but the Florida Hurricanes are going to be coming on strong in 2022, and we encourage all affiliates have a team. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of friendly competition, and thank you, Donna. Thank you. All right, and uh, boy, the fun just keeps coming. I, next, I would like to introduce to you our next ACB Advisory Board member, 
Let's meet Erin Patera. She is the CEO of FMP Consulting from Alexandria, Virginia. And Erin, as Eric talked about earlier, was right there in our initial workshops as we uh, started and launched the ACB Advisory Board Committee anew three years ago. And it has blossomed so well. Thanks to Erin. And let's hear a little bit from her. A-C-B, below each letter, dots, representing the letter in Braille. American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. ACB Executive Director, Eric Bridges, with Advisory Board Member, Aaron Patera. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Hello, everyone. It's Eric Bridges back again. And this time, pleased to be joined by ACB Advisory Board Member, Aaron Patera. Welcome, Erin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here. So uh, tell the audience a little bit about what you do in your day-to-day nine-to-five. Um, it's more well more than nine-to-five, I know, but <laughs> it, for, your, for your job. Erin Patera, President and Chief Executive Officer, FMP Consulting. Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I'm the CEO of a management consulting firm. We're called FMP Consulting. We're located here in the D.C. metro area. Um, we, we really specialize in delivering. We really focus on data-driven solutions, evidence-based solutions, but primarily to do with your workforce and then organizational management solutions. So, Our work really spans a number of different areas, but I'd say when I explain to people what we do, we really focus on helping organizations recruit, select, develop, engage, and retain a high-performing workforce, and then we help them design um, effective organizational cultures, the organizational structures, all the business processes, systems, that are needed to uh, meet their their future mission. So that's what we focus on. Um, We work extensively with the federal government as well as state and local governments. And then we work with a lot of nonprofits and associations as well as some private sector clients. So that's nine to five. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been with FMP? I have been with FMP, think about 18 years. Wow. Yes, I've been there for about 18 years. Prior to that, I worked in the private sector for some larger organizations, doing a lot of similar things, human capital work, HR work, organizational development work. Okay. Well, uh, my first interaction with FMP uh, from a a consulting standpoint was uh, working. uh, You all uh, got a contract to work with us on our Uh, strategic plan in uh, 2016 into 2017. Um, And that was, that was excellent um, to to be able to chart a path forward that, you know, was was pretty clearly articulated. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about, aside from that, because I I got to work with a a number of your colleagues on that Uh particular project. Uh, How did you come to the ACB advisory board? All right. Well, I think Eric, I've known you for about 10 years now, yes. um, as well as your wife, Rebecca, who used to actually work with FMP for a few years. But you're right. Uh, I think 
we, you know, we've worked with you on a few things the organization has, um, in particular, the strategic plan. But I think it was probably around 2018 that you and Dan called me up and asked if I might be interested in volunteering to help ACB um, really try to imagine what an effective advisory board could look like. So, you know, what the goals could be, the types of roles, background, experience that would be helpful to have on an advisory board, how to structure it. So, um, you know, we had an offsite. I think it was a pretty productive offsite. Um, I really jumped at the chance to do it because obviously that's the type of work our organization does. It's the type of work I'd mm-hmm. love to do. But having known ACB over the years, I was really, you know, motivated by by your strategic plan, to be honest, but the vision, the mission, in particular, your core values, all of that speaks to me. So that was motivating to me and I was excited to help out. So we did that offsite. I think it was, I think it was around 2018. Um, And then subsequent to that, you and Dan called me up and asked if I'd be interested in joining the advisory board. And um, like I said, I jumped at the chance to continue to stay involved. Yeah, you kind of helped us build the boat. Now you're helping us row it. So, <laughs> no, I wasn't expecting that at the beginning. But no, I think but, it was that was just such a fun offsite. I got to know the organization a lot better um, when we did that offsite. Um, you know, had really dug into some of the things that you all were trying to work on with your one year and three year and five year plans. And again, it was exciting to see if there was ways we could help you through an advisory board. Sure. It's been, it's been tremendous. And uh, just like your other cohorts on the, on the uh, advisory board, you've had the opportunity to interface with various parts of our organization and not just staff, but, but also uh, our leadership and membership. Could you kind of talk a little bit about a couple of the initiatives you've been, you've been working with ACB on over the last three years? Yeah. So yeah, I've got to get involved in a few different projects, but I'd say some of the main ones. I mean, again, I think just kind of leveraging the type of work that I've historically done with clients. I worked with you all to try to define what a future leadership, uh, leadership sorry, structure could look like for ACB. And again, just trying to keep in mind that future. So what are your one, three, and five-year goals and trying to design what types of positions and roles you might need in order to, to reach those goals. Um, I've been working with you around just kind of reimagining the ACB radio program, as well as just the future of media and communications for ACB. So that included even defining a new communications position, which I think you've since recruited and hired for. So that was very rewarding to be able to work on that. And again, just try to grow the communications and media function at ACB to meet some of your goals. Um, I worked with you all to help kind of scope and get your arms around the get up and get moving campaign, which was exciting. That focus on health and wellness and trying to, break down some of those structural barriers and and that have really just been amplified uh, with COVID. So that was an exciting one to kind of dig into and hear what you guys were thinking there. Um, And then more recently, I've been helping you to define sort of what's the current state of IT, what the future state of your IT needs are going to be for the organization, 
what are some of those gaps that exist, and then trying to come up with a plan to help close those gaps over the next few years. So um, all of that's been a lot of fun. So a, a variety of different projects that I've gotten to get involved with. Yeah, we've we've been able to to learn a lot through your facilitation and and just knowledge in some of these areas. And frankly, on behalf of ACB, I just really appreciate you uh, continuing to to work with us and be being willing to to take on uh, certain initiatives that you may not even know all that much about. <laughs> frankly, but given your your you know your rich history in consulting and just understanding how organizations work, having the ability to facilitate some outstanding discussions and help to kind of guide the conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's very much appreciated by us, Aaron. Right. Well, it's been fun. I, like I've, I've, I've said to you and Dan many times, I'm constantly impressed by ACB as an organization and the talent that you have within the organization, how much you actually get done within the organization just blows me away all the time. So um, yeah, it's been great. And I love facilitating. So actually having those conversations where you're trying to get all the various perspectives out on the table to kind of keep moving you forward is some of the things that I like to do best. So it's been great. Awesome, Aaron. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And thank you for for giving of your time. You're you're a busy, busy person. And we appreciate all the time that you give to us. Thank you. A logo, ACB, in print and braille, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Uh, So we're going to um, move ahead and uh, talk a little bit about our ACB sponsors for this wonderful DC leadership conference. Uh, You know, we uh, are lucky to have, uh, you know, over 300 people registered for this event, but what really helps out are the sponsors for the event. Uh, And I'm hoping that uh, we have uh, Tony Stevens, who can, our ACB development director, who can tell us a little bit about our three wonderful sponsors for this year's DC Leadership Conference. So, Tony? Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. And thanks, everybody, for putting together such a wonderful DC Leadership Conference, even though it's virtual. We wish we could have everybody here in person. You know, when we're in person, we're usually so, you know, it's an excellent opportunity to be graced with our sponsors, um, where we get a chance to sit with them at, at the, you know, at the keynote lunch table or just hang with them afterwards or get a chance to hear their presentations. We'll be hearing from a couple of our sponsors throughout the conference. We got to hear from Vanda earlier today, uh, which was fantastic. And they've been part of the Connect shows. So whenever we can have an opportunity to give them a stage, we obviously want to because we're deeply thankful. This year at the DC Leadership Conference, we have three sponsors, and I want to take a moment just to personally thank them as the Director of Development and Communications here at ACB. Uh, at, our, at our top tier, uh, which is the presidential level for scholars, uh, for our sponsors, we have J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, we're very thankful for J.P. Morgan Chase for all of their work with us, both here and at the National Convention, and of course with the J.P. Morgan Chase Fellows. Uh, we'll get a chance to hear more about uh, you know, things that are going on in that space uh, throughout the week and as well going into the year when we're going to be getting a chance to meet them in person finally with this year's convention in Omaha. So very much thanks to J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, at the next level for our congressional sponsors, we're so fortunate to have Vanda 
Uh, we got to hear from Vanda just before the kickoff for today during our Connect show at 1230 today. And we're so thankful for Vanda. Vanda is also one of our health heroes for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. They supported the walk last year and have been very much committed to improving the health and wellness as we, as people who are blind and visually impaired, take back our health. So huge thanks to Vanda and their non-24, uh, which is a condition that, condition that many of us have, have faced in our lives if we're persons with who are totally blind and have severe low vision. So thanks to Vanda. And then uh, at our uh, Beltway level, folks know the Beltway is the interstate that rolls around Washington, D.C., the perimeter of Washington, 495. And it was quite snowy this morning. Um, but we're welcome that our Beltway sponsor this year is staying nice and warm. We'll get to hear from uh, the head of uh, our Beltway sponsor uh, in a few minutes uh, down in Florida, where I'm sure there's not no snow or anything nasty weather-wise, hopefully, for you all down there in Florida. Dan, so huge thanks to Vespero. They're our Beltway sponsor this year, and we've had such a long relationship with Vespero. We'll get to hear as well from Matt Ader, who's vice president with Vespero later during this conference as well, as he's one of our advisory board members. So be sure to tune in for that. But we're going to be hearing shortly from Bob, the new CEO from Vespero. So, you know, Dan, we're thankful for all of our sponsors and for their ongoing commitment to the D.C. leadership meetings. Uh, it's not only building capacity uh, with our presidents and our affiliate leaders throughout the country, but it's also, in a sense, really helping to help lead and amplify our voice by them helping to support this effort. So thanks to Vanda. Thanks to Vespero. And also a huge thanks to J.P. Morgan Chase. You know, I think it was exciting to see that our convention sponsors grew last year. We went from uh, 12 in 2020 to 16 in 2021. And I know we've had some, uh, you know, opportunity to continue to do outreach and uh, encourage sponsors for our 2022 convention uh, in Omaha, Nebraska. So how is that looking? It's looking really well. We're excited that we're already going to have a few new new names of some folks that are going to be sponsors already. I think I've got three queued up that have never sponsored before. And, you know, it's an excellent opportunity. I think the fact that we're going to be in person has been a huge selling point. Uh, you know, uh, we oftentimes, by having such a diverse range of members uh, come out to our events, it's such a wonderful opportunity for our corporate sponsors to really engage and almost sort of, you know, have very much a casual focus group, if you will, but really hear from the consumers. So uh, we're going to be bringing on three new sponsors this year. I think hopefully maybe I'll be able to announce those soon um, once we actually confirm and get things, you know, I's uh, dotted and T's crossed. But uh, and that's just the beginning. There's a few other folks that we're reaching out to. Uh, the, the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, which we'll get a chance to hear from tomorrow with Connie's panel, and then we're doing another panel on Tuesday for it, um, has a host of the, the the health and wellness sponsors that are committed to that cause. Uh, Van Dyne mentioned was one, American Printing House for the Blind, thanks to them for being one of our health heroes, um, and Walmart through the Walton Foundation. Walmart has been a big supporter of the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. So, uh, you know, there's chances for the sponsorships of the walk as well, Dan, because all of them will be somehow engaged with the ACB walk. We're going to get to hear, you know, uh, Donna. I think folks have heard, you know, about the walk with Donna. And well, they, they heard that just a while ago with the new song and everything. But, Correct. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity for our corporate sponsors to get in, engaged, not just with the convention, but also with some of the advocacy uh, that the campaign ties that's going to be 
you know, sort of hovering around the convention, if you were the energy, the energy that. So, yeah. Well, and Tony, you mentioned the get up and get moving campaign. And I know you are, you're our staff lead for that and have a team working on the ACB staff side. And then Tom Tobin is our uh, member chair of the get up mm-hmm. and get moving campaign. And he has a very, uh, you know, strong membership team uh, that includes Connie Sims and Dan Dillon and uh, Terry Suarez, Leslie Spoon, Amanda Selm. Mm-hmm. And I know on the staff side, you've got yourself, Clark Rockful, our uh, advocacy director, as well as JoLynn Bailey Page. And uh, I'm sure our new community uh, communications manager will be slotted in there as, oh, as they come so, yeah. on board. But let's talk a minute about mm-hmm. the Get Up and Get Moving campaign, because it is one of our highlights of the D.C. Leadership Conference this week. Uh, we are going to have a panel uh, tomorrow on Sunday that's going to really focus on, I think, this three amazing testimonies from folks who individually are really taking up the mantle of getting healthy and, and really focusing on their individual wellness. And it's three of many. I know several of our board members, uh, just all kinds of folks that, you know, uh, get up and get moving has, has kind of, it's, it's been inspirational for our members to really give them some catalysts to get out and exercise and uh, improve their nutrition, lose weight, get in better cardio health. Um, you know, I, I'm just so proud of ACB's efforts in this area. So maybe you could kind of share the different pillars of the program and, you know, what we, uh, we, what we have to look forward to with the Get Up and Get Moving campaign in 2022. Well, yeah, it's a very unique campaign in a sense. It's the first time that we really had a chance at ACB to bridge our advocacy, our public awareness, and, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, our, our memberships, our programs, um, and, and it's sort of built out in a way that, that's intentional, right? In this age of really where we're all so activated as civic uh, agents of change, if you will, through social media and through the networks and the way that just life is, uh, especially around the pandemic, uh, with all the constraints and hardships, we really recognize there was a need to, to really try to bring all this together and really try to tackle some of these systemic barriers that existed, as you know, and everybody listening probably knows, existed long before the pandemic. We talk about the isolation of people who are blind, the negative health effects. I mean, when you look at 96% of diabetic retinopathy could be prevented if folks just got their A1Cs under control. And that can be done by so many people with diabetes, which is the leading cause of blindness now in the country, Dan, just simply by getting up and moving, walking around. So, you know, this message has resonated enormously with a lot of our corporate partners. We've been gaining a lot of feedback and enthusiasm from them. Uh, we're already hearing about people wanting us to try to work with our affiliates and engage um, in, in getting the members. And I just wanted to take a minute while we're talking about the Get Up and Moving campaign, you know, because I thank the sponsors a minute ago and our, and our health heroes, Walmart, Vanda, and American Printing House. We have more coming online this year. Our goal is to bring on three each year that are major national sort of corporate entities that can help us amplify. But I want to thank the membership and the affiliate presidents and all the people that have sort of gotten involved. It was with our dance party on White Cane Day, where we, you know, talked about getting up and moving. If it's shaking, it's a music. Um, if it's coming out to what we're going to have as part of the walk at the at the convention this summer. And if it's even just taking up the challenge and participating in the panel tomorrow, 
we've been so moved by the membership's enthusiasm around this campaign. You know, we sort of built it with this idea that, you know, like field the dreams, build it, people will come. And we've just been overwhelmed by the amount of people that have said, you know, this is real serious. We, we, we want to take back our health. And so I want to take a moment just to thank, you know, not just our sponsors, but all the members and all the affiliate leaders and everybody who has helped amplify. Because one of the things that our corporate sponsors have been excited about is the fact that we, we offer a national platform to really talk about some issues that have existed for a long time. And for the first time, we're really sort of carving out this platform for the next three years to really talk about these things. So it's very exciting. And, and uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to do it without the membership uh, who's really helping drive and amplify the message. And really bring the, the, the human element to it. You know, the stories we'll hear tomorrow, um, you know, and that we've heard throughout part of the campaign already are just such life-changing inspirations. So, so yeah, thanks yeah, for giving so, me the soapbox for a minute. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I, I see it and hear it every day. You know, it's affiliate conventions are coming up. And as mm-hmm. they come up, uh, you really see them, um, you know, uh, including the get up and get moving campaign in their affiliate uh, convention programs and taking an active Mm -hmm. part. And then I I have to just share personally, you know, for Leslie and I, I mean, this is real to us from the advocacy standpoint. Uh, We had an opportunity to go uh, for, to a resort for two days this last week to celebrate my mom's 90th birthday. And, course, Leslie being Leslie needed to go work out. And we went to the gym that uh, we've been there a couple times before. And, and we, you know, were easy to, you know, easy access to get there to the gym. And lo and behold, they had totally accessible ellipticals, totally button driven. You could do them independently. You should have seen the smile on Leslie's face when she could walk in the gym independently, put down her cane, hop on that elliptical, and do a 30-minute workout without having to get help from anybody. It is empowering. And then with some of the health issues I've had around cardiovascular and and, – and, uh, and, you know, the, the arteries and the stent, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I feel it. You know, we've got to have, uh, you know, as part of our imperatives, this durable medical equipment. It needs to be accessible. We need to be able to self-monitor and independently take care of our health. We're seeing it again with the COVID uh, home test kits and them not being accessible. Yeah. So the Get Up and Get Moving campaign is a huge difference maker inside of the blind and, and low vision community. And, you know, we really look forward to the energy that's coming out of that campaign. So thank you, Tony. And hey, I'm hearing uh, our uh, keynote speaker for the day, uh, Bob uh, Simonera the CEO from Vespiro from my near my hometown, Clearwater, Florida. So welcome, Bob. Thanks, Dan. Pleasure to be here. Oh, well, we're so glad to have you. And I just, before we get started, I want to remind everybody uh, that if you have a question for Bob, please uh, write in your question at questions with an S, questions at acb.org and let Bob, uh, you know, let's have a few questions for Bob at the end of his remarks, or you can call Janet Dickelman and leave her a question in person on the phone, and she'll make sure to read your questions. And her phone number is 651-428-5050. 
1-800-273-8359. So please give Janet a call or, or send an email at questions at acb.org. And Bob, welcome. Uh, boy, it's, it's great to hear your voice. I mean, so many of us. Vespiro is part of our daily lives with your whole suite of products. And I know you're, you're new to this position and we'd love to uh, hear, uh, hear some thoughts from you today. So welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here and I appreciate you inviting me to speak at your leadership meeting. I've been here just about a month. My name is Bob Simonera again. Thank you for the intro. I joined on February 7th as CEO, and I've really had a wonderful time so far in learning about our customers, employees, and products. And one thing, as you alluded to, Dan, I've learned in the last month is that Vespero is not the brand that you know. You'll know us by Freedom Scientific, perhaps Optelic, Optelec Advanced Vision, TPGI, but more likely even through our products like JAWS, Zoom text, Focus, Ruby, Clearview, and the list goes on. And I have to say, um, I came from the tech industry. My last position was running global services for NCR Corporation. And, uh, you know, I was looking for something with a purpose. And this opportunity came across to me. And what compelled me to come here is really the dedication that Vespero has to empower individuals to succeed in any environment, including assistive technology for individuals who are blind or low vision and digital accessibility and compliance services to businesses to help them better serve people with disabilities. And uh, I'm really excited to be part of this. Dan, I want to thank you and ACB. And I had the pleasure to talk to Eric a few weeks ago, after my second or third week in the role here. I just want to thank you and the entire ACB organization for continuing the fight on behalf of blind and low vision individuals. And I I really believe it's the advocacy of ACB and the members of ACB that will ensure people who are blind and low vision can successfully go to school, work, and live productive lives. And Vespero wants to be a, a big part of that. And we see our, we see our relationship to ACB in, Twofold. I'd like to talk a little bit about this. One as a partner where we seek the feedback of your members on how we can create the right products and services to meet the needs of the blind and low vision, but also how we can work together with the various governmental agencies to, to further this agenda, to advocate for the folks who really need our, our um, solutions and really, um, really benefit from the work that ACB does and from the products and solutions that Vespero offers. So, um, you know, it's really important for me um, as I, as I um, focus in on my key priorities for the business, which number one is innovation. Number two, really providing an outstanding quality service to our customers. And number three, growth. So uh, in our relationship with ACB, um, we really depend on your feedback for our software and hardware products. And we, we, we love connecting with you to really understand what works for you. And a cool example of how we do this, <laughs> recently we did a uh, community call 
uh, where we demonstrate how to play a popular game, Wordle, using JAWS, Zoom, Text, and Fusion, which I understand was a lot of fun. So, um, you know, as I get into this, Dan, I really am looking forward to partnering with you and Eric to, you know, there's a lot more that I don't know than I do know. Um, and I'm relying heavily on the 60 or so people in my organization who are blind and low vision, developing products for that community. And I'm relying on our partnership with ACB to help help me navigate to developing the best quality products and services for the community and also working with government, Washington, D.C., and the various regulations that are in play right now. Uh, I really look forward to furthering that agenda. And I think now is a, a real good time to do it. And uh, I'm really impressed by the work that you've already done with your organization. So again, I want to thank you. Um, I think I'll, I, I'd like to open it up, Dan, if there's any questions or any comments. Sure, me, Bob. Happy to entertain them. Well, thanks for those comments, Bob. And I, just a couple of questions for you, because you, you know you are very new in the role. So, yes, are, are, you know, being a being a Central Floridian, are you know, are you uh, is is this a transition for you down to Florida in the Clearwater area? Or, um, or, yeah, it is. Well, let, let, I'll tell you what happened uh, last year. Um, I got a phone call from my daughter-in-law. Um, uh, my, actually, my wife got a call, and she lives in Lakeland with my son in Lakeland, mm-hmm. Florida. My son works for Publix. And she, she and my wife have a fabulous relationship, and she called excited on a Saturday about a year ago, actually, and said the house next door is coming on the market. And we hung, my wife hung up the phone, and I said, go buy it. And this market, if it's available, there's only two of those houses. <laughs> In the planet next door to them. <laughs> it, and it's not very often that your kids call and want you to move in next door, is it? <laughs> that's, that's pretty most, cool. That's <laughs> the most surprising thing of all. So I, my, you know, we, my wife hung up the phone. I said, go do it. But I said, before we do, let's call our son. So I called Josh, my son, and said, are you sure you want your mother living next door to you? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I noticed I didn't say father for, you know, forgive yes. me, everybody, but, um, <laughs> you know, okay. Yeah. I think that's good. If you guys want to do it, I think it'd be great. And, uh, so we did. So we, we bought the house. We moved down. I moved my wife down in July. I, I was living in New Jersey at the time. Never thought I would leave. And mm-hmm. so I became, uh, I got my Florida license plates in October when I moved down permanently. So, um, this opportunity came along serendipitously and I uh, was just absolutely thrilled. So. To answer your long-winded answer, Dan, <laughs> I moved. I'm in Lakeland. I have a little bit of a drive to Clearwater, as you know, but I'm happy to do it, and I'm yep. so excited to be here. <laughs> and, and so you haven't made it through your first Florida summer yet with all that humidity and thunderstorms coming your way. No, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't move down here for the weather, and, but I have to tell you, it's very easy to get used to, at least what I've experienced so far. Oh, it's hard to beat winners in Florida for sure. No yeah. doubt about it. Well, can we talk a little bit maybe before we do open it for questions about your different product lines? So like you said, it's Vespiro, yeah. uh, you know, we've kind of now stayed steady for a few years. So we're used to the name, yeah. uh, but it is a conglomeration of different yeah. products. And you all have worked very uh, diligently to kind of get a whole 
a plethora of products uh, that meet all kinds of different blind and low vision folks' needs under one umbrella. So what synergies are you seeing between the different product lines? That's probably one of your challenges as the CEO, right? I mean, how do you, how do you keep the best and unique skills that made them the leaders in the market that, that they are, but then how do you integrate across those product lines? Yeah, no, it's a great question, Dan. In fact, it's my, on the software side, our products for, you know, the, the JAWS and ZoomText products. Mm-hmm. Stable team, been around for a while. Um, products that are um, for people who are blind, developed by people who are blind. Originally, the history of that, that product is stable. Um, our extension goes into places like McDonald's, where we recently won a contract to put jaws on the kiosk, the self-serve kiosk in, in, in the restaurants and McDonald's is in the process of rolling that out. So we're excited about that. And we're looking to expand that into healthcare and to even more restaurants. So we're working diligently to expand jaws. You know, as you may know, jaws is windows based. So we have to do some extensions into uh, Android platform. Um, one thing I didn't mention, uh, excuse me, on my personal side is that uh, my wife is a dog lover, and she. And I, I'm going to step. This, uh, I'm just let my dog out for one second. <laughs> no problem. It's the beauty of Zoom. That's right. Yeah. Well, my apologies, everybody. <laughs> um, so, on the software side, think about in terms of extension. You know, we, we continue to release uh, five or six. Um, Point releases a year, and we have our major Jaws um, slash Fusion release in the October timeframe every year. That will continue, and uh, um, you know, we'll continue to accept feedback. We've got a wonderful user community, and uh, now we see an extension into Android platform into Kiosk. On the hardware side, candidly, the brands of Freedom Scientific, Enhanced Vision, Optelec, they're still out there. And we really haven't leveraged the design platform as much as I would like to see. And that really is an opportunity for us to uh, take our resources and come out with more more enhanced um, blind products. Um, We're thinking about tablets. How do you represent graphics, for example? Um, How do you do multi-line Braille? So these are products that we're looking at in our innovation roadmap, and I'm looking to free up investment dollars so we can concentrate our R&D on, on those types of products. On the low vision side, there's some opportunity there as well. And uh, early days, I'm look, taking a very hard look at should we consolidate our product line and uh, double down on our investment into a few Um how important are, is the brand differentiation versus what the product actually does? <clears throat> As you would expect, Dan, these are some of the problems I'm trying to solve. Really, how can I pinpoint our development effort to create more innovation to help people to do better in their personal lives, um, in their reading, in their, in their employment, in their education, and so forth? Um, more to come on that. Early days for me. Um, but I'm looking to accelerate our innovation cycle. It's a big, a big issue for me. And, and you, and, and I'm sure you would imagine and, and know from everybody's experience with the pandemic related issues that 
that has forced some issues. We've had some um, components that were um, hard to supply. And the more mm-hmm. components we have, the more diversity of components, that just, that just compounds the problem. So there's, there's, there's been some things we have to do out of necessity. Um, but my focus is really creating solutions for our user community that are really enhanced our lives. More to come on that early days, but I, I, I have a great question. And uh, I, you maybe think of a couple other things. So you've mentioned a couple of times about how important it is to get feedback and input from, from our community, from the blind and low vision community. So what vehicles are you thinking of putting in place there? I I know as an organization, we stand uh, ready and able and willing to help you with focus groups, with testing, uh, you know, with partnerships to really, um, you know, hear what's working and not not what's not working within your pro- product portfolio. So, are what are your thoughts of uh, continuing to increase your engagement with our organization as we move forward? Uh, we're we, we're lucky uh, in that we what we have is we have the resource of a lot of blind and low vision people that are eager to to talk and meet with your product developers. <laughs> So I want to leverage the platforms you already have, whether it's the community calls or mm-hmm. other forms. And, uh, you know, as we, as we start thinking further about um, bringing product to market, create topical uh, agendas and working with you and your community. Um, that's about a specific, and we have, you know, we have training podcasts, training webinars, and so forth. Um, podcast is one way, webinar is more two-way. Um, it's, it really is something that I need to work on and really be be pointed about um, leveraging your existing platform, your community. And uh, candidly, my understanding is that already happens, mm-hmm. but may not. I, it may not be happening at the level um, as much as we should be. Let we do, do a better job of maybe formalizing it in the future. Just I something think to think of. Yeah. No, that's a great offer, and uh, yeah. I'm going to take you up on it. Okay, good. And and then you mentioned the the contract that you're rolling out for the kiosks with McDonald's. And yes, we see this happening over and over again in our community that, you know, the wave of the future and, and it's it's here to a great extent today is things are becoming more and more automated with kiosks, whether it be in the healthcare industry, in the transportation industry, and Uh, You know, of course, it's a challenge for our folks that we can get kind of left behind if those uh, kiosks are not accessible. So when you have a contract like you just announced with McDonald's, that's a win for Vespero, but it's a huge win for our community, too, because it provides access. I, I can't pry too much underneath the covers, but can you share with us any other partnerships that are in the works there with uh, some of these large kiosks um, integrated uh, companies and partners that you're working with? Well, I I think, um, well, let me just say this. There's a company out there. If you go and get your blood pressure tested at a Walgreens or a place like that, that Mm -hmm. makes medical types of kiosks. And that company's named Higgy. Um, we're talking to them actively about making their products more accessible. 
Um, we haven't signed a deal yet, but uh, I feel comfortable enough that I can mention her name. Um, but candidly, we, we, um, this is one of the things I'm working with my team to get more traction on because we, we see the need. I came from the self-serve industry. In fact, I was responsible for our self-serve product line at NCR and self-checkouts and ATMs and so forth. And I spent a great deal of time um, working to make our devices compliant. Um, more work to do there. And uh, I'm looking forward to growing that in that space. Uh, and any suggestions? <laughs> I'm, I'm open. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, there's a lot of kiosks in the healthcare industry, whether it be in hospitals, whether yes. it be in uh, labs that are, you know, providing self-check-in for services. Yep. You're, you're even seeing it now in medical offices. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, COVID, I think, helped uh, kind of spur and, and exacerbate this uh, to a, a new level. Uh, but I know, you know, even at my cardiologist, uh, you know, you're supposed to be out in the car and you and you send in your app that then allows you to go in and sign in in the kiosk. So they're trying to, you know, reduce human interaction as much as possible. But then that means that whole chain of um of check-in activities need to be accessible as one example uh, you know, going to airports, uh, they, you know, they don't, uh, they, they, are very happy for you to check in at the self-serve kiosks to get your tickets, to select your seat. Uh, you know, I, I could go on and on. I, I, as you know, coming from that industry, there's a Publix, you mentioned Publix. I'd like to self-check out at Publix, you know, you know, so they're on and on of uh, the different opportunities that are out there. You know, it's a little different sales motion for us than we've had in the past. Unfortunately, we have our uh, digital compliance group, TPGI, which calls on, they do a business-to-business type of selling where they're calling on enterprises. So we're leveraging that. We're developing the channel there because we have to do multiple sales calls to get get the attention of of, um, the potential candidates to install this self-serve technology that is um, that has assistive capability. So um, at one level is going after the manufacturers who build these kiosks. Now, unfortunately, as you know, sometimes as a matter of compliance, they have to, somebody has to either sue them or there has to be some kind of compelling event. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get ahead of that. But, yep. not, but we're also, not only are we selling to them, but we're also going in at the enterprise level. So in the case of McDonald's, we actually engage with McDonald's. And in fact, the last last week they just awarded us um, partner of one of, one of their partner of the year for uh, in their inclusion space. Well, congratulations! Thank you. They put pressure on the manufacturer to does design to design us in. So, um, you know, similar to other technologies that you Intel, for example, goes and sells to the manufacturer, and they also sell to the end user. We're developing that two prong strategy, and it's just a matter of staffing up the positions and. Um, you know, and I plan on uh, pounding some shoe leather also to to make those connections as well. Well, fantastic, Bob. And I think uh, I'll see if uh, maybe we've got some questions that have come through the the emails or phone calls. So, Janet, we, we have do. any questions for Bob? 
Hi, Bob. And I, Hi. My, I happen to be the convention coordinator for ACB, and we always look forward to Vespero always has a session during the convention. We always look forward to that. That's always great. And I'm excited. I want to figure out how to play Wordle now. Um, <laughs> <we do. laughs> so I got to well, have Matt Ader contact you. <laughs> All right. Oh, when you mentioned uh, Matt Ader, I just got to give a big shout out for Matt. He is such a valuable resource on our advisory board. And, and, and thank you for, uh, you know, and thank Matt for all that he does for us. Thank you. Thank you. We love him. I, in a minute, I, I met Matt a couple of weeks before I joined, and I said, "Boy, I'm uh, I'm so glad to be on Matt's team." <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. What's our question, um, Janet? We Thanks, have Janet. a question from Chris in North Carolina, and I'm not sure if you. Well, hopefully, he wants to know what Meta M E T A dash verse is, and how uh, we can use it as blind people. Okay, Are you familiar wow. with Metaverse? I, I am. I, I can't say that I'm going to give the most educated because there's a lot of confusion about what Metaverse is. But basically, um, excuse me, one second, please. Sorry about that. So taking artificial intelligence and virtual reality and combining those technologies to create these virtual worlds, whether it be virtual real estate that you can buy and sell. Um, there's some element of digital currency in the backdrop of that. You know, naturally, um, that, that's a future. You have companies like Facebook rename themselves to Meta. And it really is sort of a solution that seems to have a lot of problems you can solve. and and, and there's a lot more uh, hype about it than reality at this point. However, we know that um, those kinds of virtual enablements, we just talked about some very basic ones, um, are we going to become increasingly important? And one of our concerns is, obviously, and, I'm, and, I, and I, I'm sure the background behind the question potentially could be, well, if you are blind or low vision and you have a, a metaverse that primarily requ- requires vision to operate in that, how, does, how, how do we bridge that gap? Mm-hmm. So I've asked my digital compliance folks on, on a TPGI really to look into as we're um, working to make consumers web, web, uh, websites compliant with enterprises, making, um, improving the ability to access those as well as mobile devices, how do we look forward into that augmented reality, virtual reality space so that people who are blind and low vision can participate in that? But really, the simplest answer I can give about the metaverse, it is a is it an immersive experience. Um, people have a tendency to think about you're wearing a, you know, an ocular headset um, to uh, engage in that experience. But I believe it goes beyond that, and it'll become a further extension of the um, World Wide Web as we know it, and it'll become more personalized. More to come on that, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on the answer to that question. That's that, but but it is a very important one. Well, thank you, uh, Bob. Before our next question, what's your dog's name? Okay, um, I, I I am embarrassed to tell you that my wife is a dog lover and we have six dogs. 
Six dogs. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, you, you might not have time to name all of them. I know. I was going to say, how much time do you have? <laughs> you know, I got Luna, Jesse, Pongo, Myla, Lexi, and Roxy. Well, I got to tell you, in, in ACB, you have a lot of dog lovers because guide dogs are our friend, including Janet Dickelman, our question reader. So, Janet, what's our <laughs> next <right>. question? <laughs> Fortunately, my guide dog is being quiet laying under my desk on my feet, but our pet dog is on the is downstairs barking his little head off. Unfortunately, he's out of your earshot, out of my microphone's earshot. Thank you for um, your understanding. <laughs> Uh, Michael had a question about accessibility in kiosks, basically, and it was a lengthy question, so I'm going to try to paraphrase it. Um, He says that he notices, you know, because of funding, things like free shareware are becoming more immersed in um, accessibility versus screen readers such as JAWS. And at what point do you think that accessibility will be universal? And do you feel that at some point your product will not be used for things like kiosks? I hope that isn't the case. That's a great question. I mean, we, you know, you, you, you have to believe that people who are investing in our company ask me that question. And the key differentiator between just flipping on narrator or some other uh, free using some kind of freeware, the difference for the product we, with, with, between those that shareware and freeware um, is that, and in between that and its barrels, that our products are built for purpose. And so if you want to navigate through a Windows experience, you want to, you want to use Google Suite and so forth, we have people who are, at, who, are, who are blind developing specific use cases for that. So um, the, the freeware out there requires some more, a little more sophistication. It's good. It, it, it's not bad. I, I, I'm not going to knock it at all. And the fact that, it's free um, does encourage some level of ubiquity, which is awesome. I mean, ultimately we want to see this go everywhere it's needed. And we happen to have a business that's based on that, but really our mission is to, is to empower individuals. So um, we think there's going to be a market there for a good long time for these built for purpose solutions. And that requires investment because many consumers don't want to spend the time thinking about how do I configure, program, activate a feature so that it works for me in my situation, whether it's education, employment, at home. Um, and that really is the foundation of our business model. Very good. Uh, Janet? I have another kind of along the same lines, but this is more about product. And mm-hmm. he's talking about the cost of tech and how do you leverage your, as a CEO, how do you leverage your expenses with the customer costs? Hmm. So, um, you know, the question that Dan asked earlier, what are you doing to consolidate product lines? So there's a basic tenant. If you buy more stuff from a store or a vendor, you're sort of automatically entitled to a lower price. So one of the things I'm working on is how can I consolidate our spend 
so I can use it more effectively to get better cost. And if I can get better cost, I have a couple choices. I can provide more features or I can pass along the savings to the consumer. And so um, the simple answer to the question is we're trying to make ourselves look bigger by not fragmenting our spend so that we can develop more features faster. That's, that's our, that's our mantra right now. And uh, early days, key focus area for me. Bob, before we go back to Janet's next question, I want to again, ask you a personal question. Here you are in Lakeland and you, and your office is in Clearwater Yes, you uh, you move from New Jersey, which is depending on whether it's North Jersey or South Jersey. You know, there's a lot of uh, uh, baseball teams in that area. You got the Phillies and you got the Mets and the Yankees. And Clearwater is the spring training headquarters for the Phillies. Are are you a baseball fan? You know, I um, I'm kind of a fair weather. I'm a New York sports fan because I you know I live I live 20 miles from New York City, so. Uh, you know, I, I see that there's a lot of spring training around here. So, I, you know, and I always, you know, the Tampa, the Devil Rays were always a big competitor for the Yankees. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't even think they call themselves the Devil Rays anymore. It shows you how antiquated they, I am. They're just the Rays these days. The Rays, yeah, they, right? they, lo- they lost the Devil. Yeah. Yeah, you can see more <laughs> I feel about them, obviously. You yes. know, <laughs> I kept that in there somehow. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward. To, in fact, I, my grandson... Plays Little League, I'm going to go see a Rays game in April, God willing, if there, oh. if, if there is a baseball season at that time. I believe there will be. They announced a new contract, and they're going to start April 7th, and spring oh, training starts Thursday. So there you go. Yeah. Like you're a fan, Dan. I, okay. You could tell, huh? Yes, so, sir. Janet, what's our next question? Uh, Peter wants to know about if there's any effort to standardize the keystrokes that are used to input data on kiosks. I'm going to have, you know, something that's a question. I, I, I don't know if I can answer that question. I'm going to have to come back with some kind of a written response to you. Okay. And um, Clark wants to know if um, the Sparrow can uh, fix, can, uh, Fix the MCD soft serve machines. I think that's a tongue in cheek question. <laughs> the McDonald's soft serve yep, machines. Yes, yep, where he wants to where, know if you can yeah, fix the yeah, McDonald's yeah, you're, you're, kiosk for ordering. I don't know yes. if you're aware of that. Bob is a blind person, but you now go to the dispensers at McDonald's, and it's all touch screen. And there's you know, I don't know, ten, fifteen flavors <laughs> to choose from, and all that. And you, you know. Oh. You, you can even make a suicide like the old days if you wanted to, but you gotta you gotta be able to touch the screen in order to uh, you know self serve fill up your soft drink. So I think he's saying, is your is your McDonald's contract not only going for the ordering kiosks but also for the uh, soft drink uh, machines? <laughs> you know what? That's a phenomenal question. I, I noticed today when I got the announcement from Matt that we had won this award from McDonald's. They have a vendor form, and I looked at the list, and you have to sign up for it. You know, it's a, it's a small membership fee. Uh, it's a no-brainer. But I looked, Coca-Cola, one of the vendors, and my first question to Matt was, let's go meet with Coca-Cola. It goes back to your question. Mm-hmm. How, do we, how do we expand our reach out there? What can we do? Can we do something on that kiosk? 
with our technology to make it more accessible. Um, I'm going to put that, you know, you just, you just caused me to double down on a Coca-Cola. <laughs> Very good. That's, all right. That's all the questions I have for the moment, Bob and Dan. Um, if I do get any additional questions, I will be happy to, I can get your contact information from Dan or Eric and forward the emails on or forward them on to Matt or whatever you'd like me to do. Okay. Well, uh, Matt and I will get back to you. We'll, we'll okay. reach out to you. And uh, Dan, I have a question for you. What's your favorite baseball team? Well, it's actually the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, okay. growing up in the South, I was an Atlanta Braves fan, and then uh, baseball came a little closer to me. And uh, with Tampa Bay, so uh, living in Orlando, uh, we go over a couple of times a year. Boy, I wish they'd build a new stadium, but, uh, you know, yeah. the Trop. It is what it is, but uh, you got to admit for a payroll, for a team in a small market with a small payroll, it it warms my heart to see that the Rays can uh, stand toe-to-toe with both the Yankees and the Red Sox year in and year out. Yeah, I can see myself. I switched to the Buccaneers. I think I could switch over to the Rays very easily. So, um, you know, thank you for sharing that. And uh Dan, if, is there anything else for? If there's nothing else for me, I, I'm, I'm happy, Sam. But but I do want to say thank you. Um, what a great group you are, everybody on the call and everybody you represent. And uh, I'm I'm just so fortunate to have the privilege of working with you all. So thank you for this opportunity today, and I'm looking forward to more to come. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for spending some time with you with us on a Saturday and uh, say hello to all the dogs and the <laughs> wife. And uh, it was wonderful to get to know you. Thanks, that Bob. Say hello back. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was so nice to get to meet the new chief executive officer, CEO of Vespiro. And Bob seems like a gentleman who's really ready to reach out and work with our community and with ACB. And we look forward to uh, developing and continuing to develop a very strong relationship with Vespero. So, uh, Bob, welcome to Florida. And uh, now it's kind of a a wonderful thing to introduce um, our highlight video uh, for 2021. ACB logo, ribbon below, 60th anniversary, year in review. It's hard to believe, everyone, that just a year ago, we were all together in person in Washington, D.C., and so much has happened within the last 12 months. Peggy Mentoring is, is definitely something that we need to implement, but it does need to operate from the grassroots up. We're going to go ahead and... Uh, and get started with our first ever uh, fireside chat as part of our American Council of Blind DC Leadership Conference. Uh, Mark Riccobono, I serve as president of the National Federation of the Blind. Pleased to be talking to you from our national headquarters in Baltimore, where I am actually next to a fireplace. I figured that was the best place uh-huh. to take it from. I am Clark Rockfall, the ACB Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, and today I have the privilege of introducing to all of you ACB's new Advocacy and Outreach Specialists. Swatha Nandikumar, 
Welcome to ACB. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm Cindy Hollis, Membership Services Coordinator with the American Council of the Blind, and I am so delighted to have you join us and to introduce to all of you our newest ACB staff member, Colby Garrison, who is now serving as Membership Services Administrative Assistant for the American Council of the Blind as of last Monday, April 5th. So, hi, Colby. Hello. Please welcome to ACB our new communications manager, Jennifer Flatt. Hi, everybody. We need to have one of those little sound machines for this process where we can have like a little applause or something like that. So, The American Council of Blind community events is celebrating its first birthday this week. And we are so excited and proud of what has taken place over the last 12 months? Kayla Allen. So many people from the community have these amazing skills that they have shared with us, and I have learned so much. Split screen with Eric Bridges, Jason Assumption, the Mike Shabana. co-founder of the Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Good afternoon or good morning in your case, Jenison. Hey, Eric. Hello, everyone. Happy GAD. What it means is that people are getting excited about accessibility. If you go onto Twitter, if you go any any social media and you use the, the hashtag G-A-A-D, you'll see people saying stuff like, I never knew about this, or wow, like all kinds of stuff. And this is what we want. We want the conversation to happen. And the first first night of the Candidates Forum is being hosted by myself, Paul Edwards. Uh, and, and I happen to be a past president of the American Council of the Blind, as well as being a former chair of the Board of Publications. And my co-host this evening is... Kim Charlson, and I am immediate past president of the American Council of the Blind. And happy birthday, ACB! Wow, you know. And so much of, of the access that we have today is through technology. A lot of work has gone in uh, to make this stuff happen by a lot of people. It's... Uh, it is the membership that has driven uh, really these successes over the last 60 years. Good evening. My name is Molly Quinn, CEO of the United States Association of Blind Athletes. As we all look to rebound from the effects of the pandemic and resume or increase our fitness levels, United States Association of Blind Athletes is proud to support the American Council for the Blinds Get Up and get moving campaign. Peter Sager. I'm here because of my involvement with the uh, blind and visually impaired community, specifically the blind and visually impaired athletic community, which happened, I should say, entirely by accident. Um, it was a twist of fate. Thomas Reed. Welcome, everyone, to the American Council of the Blind's audio description inaugural gala. That means it's the first of more celebrations to come. Hello, everyone. I'm Jason Momoa, a.k.a. Aquaman, and I'm very excited to be here with you this evening for the inaugural celebration of the AD Awards Gala. Audio description constitutes the final, final words of the script, and it reminds us that the beauty is not just in the eye of the beholder, but in the imagination of the listener. That ACB, our organization, is strong. It is strong not only in treasure, it is strong in talent, 
and it is strong in volunteer time. It is all of us coming together to make a difference. In ACB, we did it. We did it. When others thought we couldn't, we stepped up. We made a difference with our time. Over 42,000 hours of volunteer time from our organization and our members this year. Worth over a million dollars. Us, blind people helping blind people. Talent. Oh my gosh, the talent that this organization shows day in and day out. Lugo appears, ACB, American Council of the Blind, together for a bright future. Next, we're going to have a little swap in the agenda as we kind of get things synced up. So we are going to hear from our board of publications and get a report on what's going on with the BOP. So first we have our Board of Publications Chair, Katie Frederick from Columbus, Ohio. And then we have Penny Reeder, BOP Director from Montgomeryville, Maryland. Hopefully I said that right, Penny. And then we have Cache Wells uh, from Jacksonville, Florida. So Katie, Penny, and Cache, take it away. Thank you, Dan, and good afternoon, good, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to this portion of the DC Leadership Conference. It's been a great day so far, and there's still a bit more to go. So we are here, um, I'm here representing the Board of Publications along with my colleagues, um, Cache Wells and Penny Reader, who you will hear from in a moment. And we want to give a highlight of a few of the things that we are working on. Um, There are always things happening within the the Board of Publications. And I do want to announce that our meetings take place the first Tuesday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern. And they are open to the public. Announcements are sent out to the ACB email lists, as well as in the community schedule. And the meetings are also streamed, thanks to ACB Media, on ACB Media 6. So those are an opportunity for you to listen and share feedback that you may have with us as well. So again, those are, that's the first Tuesday of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern. With a few exceptions, um, we, we meet monthly. So um, today we want to touch on a few highlights of our work. So we will be talking a little bit about our proposed large print guidelines, as well as the Board of Publications annual awards that we present. And we will wrap it up by touching on the ACB Voices blog today. So I am going to start out by sharing that the March issue of the ACB Braille Forum has gone out and you should have your copy by now, especially if you receive the large print copy. We are very interested in your feedback and we are always interested in any feedback that anyone has to share about the publication as well. Um, But the um, Council of Citizens with Low Vision International or CCLVI is the special interest affiliate that represents many of our members who have 
Low Vision, and they came to us at the beginning of the year and said, hey, we would love to talk to you about large print. And about five years ago, ACB um, worked and the Board of Publications worked on some large print guidelines and did a survey and conducted some research and developed our current large print guidelines. But it's been, you know, again, five years, how time flies, right? It seems like just yesterday or a few years ago, but it's it's been five years. And so the council members came to to us and said, we'd like to make some some rec- recommended proposed changes to these guidelines. And so for those of our membership who do receive the large print hard copy issue of the March Braille Forum, there is an article written with the proposed large print guidelines and we welcome your feedback. Um, and again, you can send that to the Braille Form editor, Sharon Lovering, at S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at acb.org. And really what we are trying to do with these guidelines is, um, you know, we understand that people who have low vision may have some some different um needs when it comes to accessing large print, but we are trying to make it as accessible and uniform as possible to everyone. So we are looking at streamlining the large print guidelines of ACB to conform to more standard guidelines that are used around uh, the country and, you know, to help make our documents more, more accessible and more readable. So that is the goal. Um, and again, those that is outlined in the in the March issue of the forum. And a document of the proposed changes is also available. So if you really want to, you know, get into the weeds and, and read over that, um, we are happy to send that out as well. So with that, I don't want to take up all of our time here with this topic. So I will turn it over to my colleague Cachet to talk about our annual BOP awards. Thank you, Kate. Each year, the BOP has the privilege of recognizing excellence annually with our three prestigious awards that promote and portray excellence in writing in regards to the capabilities of those who are blind and low vision to put them in a manner of a positive, a positive outlook. The BOP is seeking for nominations at this time, so we are looking for affiliate presidents and newsletter editors to submit your letters of nominations to us based on those that have met the criteria of submitting articles between April 2021 and March 2022. So again, you still have time to get those nomination letters in. And those prestigious awards would be, our first would be one um, in honor of our first editor of the Braille Forum. It's the Hollis Leggett Braille Free Press Award. And that honors those That honors the best journalistic practices for those writings and publications of our ACB state and special interest affiliates. Next, we have the Vernon C. Henley Media Award, which honors that man that's known as the man behind the microphone. And it 
is actually given to, is presented to an organization, company, and individuals who have made positive differences in free press, electronic media, magazines, and daily newsletters. And the last would be the Ned Freeman, which honors um, which honors excellence in writing for uh, those those submissions that have been given. And again, editors, we look for you to submit your nominations. And those would be for those submissions that have been, whether it's in an ACB's uh, Braille forum or it's actually been in your state affiliate or special interest affiliate. So again, we would love to get those nominations in by April 1st. That is the deadline. You can submit your uh, nomination letters to Sharon Levering at S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at ACB.org. And to view the full criteria of all of the recommendations and all the requirements necessary for those awards, you can always visit www.acb.org. And I turn it over to my colleague, Penny Reader. Thank you, Keshe. Um, So I'm here to talk to you about ACB's blog. A blog is a way for you to write and publish online. And ACB has a blog. It came into being kind of at the in the fall of last year, I believe. I remember we had some Thanksgiving and Christmas blog entries. And um, so our blog is called ACB Voices. And we want the blog to reflect the diverse voices within ACB. Um, and we've gotten, um, the, the entries have increased and that's been a really good thing. And the BOP is here to assist you with your blog entries. All you have to do is send them in. And uh, then um, the BOP will take a look at them. And if you need like an extra comma or an extra parenthetical, uh, we'll be happy to do that for you. And if um, uh, so we uh, we will contact you if we, we make any, if we have any suggestions for major changes in your blog. But um one of the things we want the blog to do right now is reflect the fact that we have a legislative seminar going on, and we're hoping that you'll want to write for ACB Voices about your advocacy experiences. So you can talk about how you prepared to meet with your legislators in the coming week. You can talk about um, opportunities that you've had to advocate in other ways or how your advocacy has made a difference or how you hope your advocacy will make a difference. Uh, ACB, that's why we're here. We're an advocacy organization. So we really hope that you will submit some uh, submissions to the blog. Doesn't have to be very long, just a few paragraphs. And um, uh, all you have to do is send your uh, submissions to Katie Frederick, who's the chair of the BOP, kfrederick at acb.org, or really any member of the Board of Publications. If you can't remember anybody else, I know you all know Sharon Lovering. And uh, then the BOP will take a look at your submission, and we'll be excited to uh, send it out to the rest of ACB. So um, I think, I hope I haven't left anything out, but you can always uh, contact any of us, and we can answer your questions about the blog. Again, it's Voices, the ACB Voices blog. And one more thing you should know is that you can subscribe to the blog so you can read all these advocacy articles that your friends and colleagues are going to be submitting. All you do is um, go to the website and subscribe to Voice ACB Voices 
and we are uh, hoping that our blog will grow and we're excited to uh, share information about it with you. Thank you. Thank you, Penny, so much. And um, again, the the blog, we do welcome contributions and um, you can email those to any of the BOP or you can email them directly to the blog at voices at acb.org. So um, that is is a good way to make sure that they get to where they need to be so that we can um, we make sure that we have these submissions. So um, again, that's voices at acb.org. And so with that, um, again, those are just a few of the highlights that we are working on throughout the year. We have some things coming up. For example, the um, Candidates Forum, you'll be hearing more about that in the April issue of the um, ACB e-forum that will be coming out. And that will be starting um, in May for that process to begin. And the Candidates Forum will be taking place in June. And then we will head into the convention. So. Um, again, thank you uh, to my colleagues for helping present with me today. And um, again, our meetings are Tuesday evenings, the first Tuesday of the month at 9 p.m. Eastern, and all are welcome. So with that, um, we'll turn it back to Dan. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, Cache. Also, thanks to Cheryl Cummings and Zelda Gephardt, the other two members of our Board of Publications Board, uh, they are doing absolutely outstanding work. So please get those submissions in for the three wonderful BOP awards. Come on, affiliates. You've got a lot of great people out there. Let's nominate them for these awards. Please participate in the Voices blog. We've seen a lot of uh, renewed enthusiasm in the Voices blog, so get your submissions in. And for you Low Vision members, please read the article in the March Braille Forum and provide your feedback so we can update our large print guidelines and, and make sure that we are keeping most of our, as many of our Low Vision members as we can in sync with the latest standards for uh, large print. So thanks to the BOP. Now, it, I'm honored to introduce to you uh, the DKM Fund Committee. We have Kenneth Simeon Sr. for Beaumont, Texas, the DKM Fund Committee Chair, and Zelda Gephardt, uh, Board of Publications Director, and also DKM Fund member. And they're going to share with us uh, what's coming up with the DKM First Timers and the J.P. Morgan Chase Fellows. So, Kenneth and Zelda. Thank you, Dan. Um, I'm Zelda, and Kenneth and I are here today on behalf of the entire DKM First Timers Fund Committee and, uh, to tell you, and we have a lot of fun, but it is fund if you... F-U-N-D. Um, we're here to tell you about the Derwood K. McDaniel First Timers Program and the ACB J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Awards. Um, our other committee members include Anthony Accamini, Ted Borman, Donna Browning, Betsy Grenovich, Amanda Salm, Melanie Altsanoi, Frank Ventura, and Sheila Young. Um, well, what does the DKM committee do, you might ask? We identify, honor, and grow leaders for ACB, and that is a fun thing to do. 
Um, Kenneth? Hello, everyone. I would like to say that we are excited now looking at the con upcoming convention. We are hoping to bring three classes of award recipients from 2020, 2021, and those who will be selected in 2022 with us to Omaha, Nebraska. They will have the opportunity to meet up with other leaders and members. It's a great time uh, for us to all come together and they will be able to explore sessions that are developed, especially for them. They'll have other events and activities that will help to enlighten them and improve their quality of life as they join in and learn more about ACB and share their abilities with us. Members may apply for, for both the awards, um, provided they meet the criteria of being over 18, um, being blind or visually impaired, and members of ACB in good standing. And all that means is that you need to have paid your dues. Um, so for the DKM only, uh, you need you may never have attended an in-person convention before, but otherwise all the criteria is the same. Um, and um, both for both awards, you need to be available to attend the, the entire um, convention um, and, and the leadership workshops and sessions that have been identified. And the convention this year is from July 1st to July 8th. Back to Kenneth. Recipients of our awards receive complimentary registration fee, travel, round trip that is, and lodging. We have double occupancy. Occupancy. We will hope that uh, two of our recipients will be able to share room, but we'll talk more about that as we move forward, but just know that it is double occupancy. We also have... <clears throat> stipends to attend special events like a reception that we have designated for award recipients, the banquet, um, and other activities that will happen throughout the week of convention from July 1st through the 8th. You can find our award uh, announcements for this year uh, in the January Brown form. You'll find the DCAM First Timers announcement. They can be found at acb.org or go to our DKM webpage at acb.org forward slash DKM. You can also reach out to me and uh, I'm all out there on all the lists. And also I won't provide my information here, but just know that uh, you have a way, if you read the article, you can you know, find out my contact information at the bottom of the article. We encourage you to read those. And as far as the JP Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows, please know that the article for your uh, consideration is in the February e-form, and it tells you all about what you would need to uh, submit in order to be cons considered for the award for this year. Um, application letter and letter of recommendation from your state and or um, special interest affiliate president should be sent to info, I-N-F-O, at acb.org by April 5th, that's the important date, by April 5th, anytime from now until then, um, along with that letter, you wanna make sure and include your leadership experience and your accomplishments, and your letter absolutely must contain your full name, address, 
email address and phone number so that we can get a hold of you. Um, we will be doing interviews and those interviews will take place um, between April 13th and uh, to April 19th and results will be reviewed um, and then the, um, the winners will be notified the first week in May. Back to Kenneth. We have upcoming ACB community presentations for everyone to be able to tune in and learn more about our awards and what you can expect if you are selected as a recipient. On Tuesday, March 22nd, we'll be on Tuesday Topics with Paul Edwards. On Friday, March 25th, we'll be on Visibilities with Tara Pacheco. On the 27th of March, we'll be on Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. And just a little bit about uh, history. The first timers, the DCAM First Timers Award has been around since 1996. We've had 26 classes totaling 50, 58 recipients throughout those years. And the AC, ACB Jacob Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Award began in 2016. We have had seven classes and a total of 33 recipients to date. We announced on January 31st that we have been a DCAM uh, First Timers uh, Honor Society. It's called the Durward K. McDaniel, and DKM is the acronyms that we use. Leadership Select Honor Society. We are asking all of those who have been selected from 1996 on up to now to send in their updated contact information. We're trying to contact everyone and make sure that we begin to communicate more and offer some ideas that we have to bring everybody together and do some things that are unique. Uh, so other than that, we will be having inductions to, into the Honor Society during our convention receptions. We have two receptions coming up, one on July 5th for the J.P. Barton Chase Leadership Fellows and one on July 6th for the DCAM First Timers. I want to remind you before we leave that the deadline to apply for either of our awards is April 5th. We need that letter of application from the applicant and the letter of recommendation from a state or special interest affiliate president. Thank you so much. And we look forward to answering your questions that you may have as you move forward through a public presentations that we'll be having. Thank you. All right, so make sure and remember um, that deadline is April 5th and we encourage all leaders to apply. Well, thank you, Zelda. Thank you, Kenneth. Uh, we really appreciate all the work that the DKM Fund Committee does. And everybody, members, get out there and apply. Uh, state presidents, everyone, encourage your folks to apply for the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow Program. Five folks will be selected, as well as the DKM First Timers, where we'll recognize one person from each side of the Mississippi River. It's a wonderful opportunity, and this year you get to meet with your fellow colleagues in Omaha from the last two classes of the J.P. Morgan Chase Fellows in the DKM 
uh, first timers. And so there's going to be a big group of leaders all getting together in Omaha. And it's very exciting for all of ACB. So right now we're going to hear from the Burl Colley Leadership uh, Institute team. And then after that, we're going to hear from community uh, at our community group. So right now, I am so excited to introduce the Burl Colley Leadership Institute (laughs) team. And Burl Colley is someone that is near and dear to myself, a, a friend, a colleague, Uh, I know he would be so excited and honored uh, to hear how the Leadership Institute has continued to grow and flourish and play a vital part in our organization. Uh, And so right now, I'd like to introduce to you uh, three of the members of the Borough Collie Leadership Institute Committee. Uh, Ray Campbell, our second vice president from Glen Ellen, Illinois for another week or so till he moves to Springfield, <laughs> Illinois. And then Jeff Tom, uh, ACB Board of Director from Sacramento, uh, California. And Carrie Muth, a, uh, ACB of Oregon President from Coos Bay, Oregon. So welcome, team. Thank you. Thank you. So you. I'm going to begin this August panel, and then it'll, all, it'll only go up from there. Um, this is Jeff Tom, and you know, as you've heard several times already, and I think we'll continue to hear, um, the ACB community has done so many wonderful things for the American Council of the Blind, and, and of course, one of the biggest is that it has attracted to our organization so many people that we would never have otherwise reached. Just as an example of what it has done, we know that both at-large and special interest affiliate membership is up. And I suspect the community has an awful lot to do with it. For example, in my affiliate, I'm president of the Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. And I think we've had about, I don't know, I'm, I'm guessing my treasurer will kill me for not knowing, 40 to 50 new members this year. And I think half of them, or close to half, are names I don't recognize, and that is marvelous. However, we now at least hope that we're coming out of COVID. The impact of Omicron is rapidly declining, and we hope that we won't have another uh, variant uh, ahead. Positivity rates for testing are going way down throughout the country, and hopefully we will soon have faced the worst of this incredible pandemic. And thus, we will have a chance to um, return to increased membership in our state and local chapters, because those of chapters and affiliates that are geographically based have lost members. I think there's several reasons for that. Um, in part, some chapters, I think, have just had difficulties keeping it together. Others have successfully used Zoom, but even in those cases, I think oftentimes when um, people don't go to an in-person chapter meeting, they just don't quite know how to, you know, pay their dues. You know, some of them, some chapters do have, 
you know, uh, different, you know, PayPal or other mechanisms, but not everybody can use them. Not everybody feels competent or is competent or has a computer. Um, and other people just don't like doing it unless they can turn the cash or a check over to someone in person. So for, for many reasons, we've lost members in those areas. And it's time to begin to concentrate on ways of holding meetings that either in person or hybrid, uh, of increasing our membership in, in state and local interest affiliates and in, in, in bringing them back to a you know, status where they were a couple of years ago. So with that, I want to turn it over to Carrie, who has had some of these in-person meetings already, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the things which we need to keep in mind when we begin to hold in-person meetings. Carrie? Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's been kind of excited, exciting here in Oregon, especially on the coast. You know, there's been a, one of the big things I've noticed a difference is, you know, people in more rural communities are a little more willing to meet in person. Um, and so that's what we found around our state. We have seven chapters in our state and three, well, four of them have done some in-person meetings. One of them is one of those, the Oregon Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss. So they're all virtual all right. anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So, you know, our local chapter has met several times, but, you know, we want to make it a safe, welcoming, and respectful environment. And, you know, there's things that happen, like, you know, the place we met before happened to be the library. And when we first started meeting, they weren't even open to use, you know, for people to go in there. So we had to find a different location. And even when they opened back up, we realized that space is small because we want to think about, you know, people don't necessarily, they might feel comfortable coming together, but you don't want to cram the same 20 people into this small space. You know, you want people to feel comfortable if they're wanting to wear a mask and, and distance a little bit. So we started off in a, in a facility, um, which, which was nice, big, spacious, but the acoustics were terrible. And so trying to create that hybrid environment so that the members that didn't feel comfortable or weren't able, you know, transportation is always our problem. So um, we have a couple people able to show up because of just transportation issues. So, you know, we weren't able to do the hybrid component to our local chapter meetings at that location. So we we found another location, which we've done a couple sessions. Um, and so when, when we're doing that, you know, you kind of got to watch background noise. One of our chapters meets in a restaurant that has a lot of background restaurant noise, Um which makes it really difficult for those joining over Zoom or whatever platform you're using. And so, you know, being aware of those types of things too, um, when you're looking for a new space and, you know, one of our other chapters, they found the restaurant they used to meet at closed during COVID. So that's, you know, looking for a place that's going to uh, fit your new needs is really important. And, you know, one of the, I'm going to tell on myself here, you guys. So one of the big things is when you're going to try to do, a, if you're going to try to do a hybrid component so that everybody can, can feel comfortable and attend, you want to make sure and appoint somebody to handle that Zoom component. Um, 
yeah, I, I kind of forgot and had myself muted the whole time so nobody could hear the meeting. <laughs> so have your tech person <laughs> uh, help you out so that people can participate. Um, okay. And it is different, you know, running a meeting that you're having that virtual component. So that's what's been kind of nice um, with the, watching the ACB community and, you know, having this uh, big group of people to talk to about, you know, barriers to overcome with that. So, um, you know, a lot of the states I know have had some hybrid meetings already. So, you know, reaching out to others is a great way to get some advice. So, you know, it is a, it is different. Um, you know, the, the other thing that, you know, some, we noticed we had a state board meeting, which we're hoping to have a hybrid convention in October. So we had our board meeting and we, we did that. And, you know, we realized you really need to work with the motel if you're going back in person too, um, to make sure AV equipment, audio visual equipment is going to work too. So there's just um, some of those considerations. And, you know, we also have the challenge of, you know, sometimes we have those members that are like, when you're going back in person, sometimes you have some people that are kind of upset and they don't want that um, virtual component. But, you know, we really want to just have it welcoming and try to in more inclusive. So those are just some of the things that we have dealt with. So I think, who do I turn it over to now? Go ahead and turn it over to Ray. Okay, Ray, you're up. Thanks. Thanks, Carrie. Um, so I'm going to talk mainly about some of the logistical things. Uh, if you're going to try to do a hybrid um, meeting or for a local chapter or a convention, uh, Carrie touched on a few of these things, but um, the first thing that you want to do is um, the first thing you want to do as you're, especially with local chapters, is you're kind of going back to this in-person or hybrid experience. Have a real good talk with your members about it. Uh, make sure that everybody's comfortable, that everybody knows that uh, what, however people want to participate, it's going to be fine, and that people will keep it safe, respectful, and welcoming. Um, if you're going back in person, Make sure you know the local requirements. Um, you know, you, uh, not only just local government, but your biz, the business you're going to. Say you're meeting at a restaurant or something. May, they may want you to have proof of vaccination and make sure that uh, people uh, know that they need to bring to provide that. Um, <clears throat> Carrie, Carrie touched on that there are going to be people who are going to want to wear masks and maybe distance a little bit. See, do your best to accommodate that. As for hybrid meetings, um, I'm not going to lie to you guys, especially for like local chapters, you do need to have a little bit of equipment in order to, to make it happen. And I would suggest, and this is based on some experience with um, our local chapter, uh, one of our local chapters, that uh, you have a uh, <clears throat> somebody, a couple of people who at least know a little something about running the equipment um, you know, maybe that's something the ACB media team can help uh, consult with you on. Um, but um, so you go into the business that you're the place you're going to meet, um, make sure they have a, uh, some sort of internet connection. Uh, Wi-Fi is okay uh, for most meetings. Uh, if you can do hardwired, that's better. But Wi-Fi will work for you, except 
some places like restaurants and stuff, they don't want people sitting on the Wi-Fi all day. So guess what? They have it timed so it logs you off after a while. So all of a sudden, your Zoom people aren't hearing what's going on in the in-person side and vice versa. Um, another thing to think about if you were meeting in restaurants before, talk to the restaurant. You know, Carrie mentioned the restaurant they one group used was closed. But even if you find a restaurant, you know, you need to talk to them because they may be short staffed. And we know that while we may not always like to admit it, it takes a little bit longer for us to, uh, you know, and get, deal with the orders, especially if they don't have accessible menus and that kind of thing. Um, so you need to make sure when you're setting up a hybrid meeting, if that's what you're going to do, a hybrid convention, hybrid meeting, that both sides can hear everything as much as possible. It, it, and that's just kind of an absolute. So the people participating on the Zoom platform, if that's what you're using, they need to be able to hear what's happening in the meeting room and the people listening in the room or participating in person need to be able to hear folks on Zoom because you might wanna have speakers that come in on Zoom, uh, for example. So there's some rules you gotta have. It is absolute must that in the in-person side that people have a microphone in order to be recognized. Uh, you can't like shout questions from the floor because the Zoom people aren't gonna hear them. Um, if you have assistive listening devices that are being used, uh, you need to make sure that those are connected. That will probably involve a little bit of a mixer and a transmitter and a few things like that. So again, you need to have a little bit of experience uh, with some of the audio equipment. And uh, I think the third and last thing I would say is that have a couple of people, if at all possible, that know how to set things up for your meetings. Uh, our local chapter, the guy that's been doing it, he's, he's moving. So, and it's not me, by the way. He's moving <clears throat> to a different area. And um, he is... Uh, you know, now they're kind of scrambling. They don't know who they're going to have do uh, that. I think the one thing I would say is you do, what you don't want to do is don't have the same person in the meeting in person trying to control all the equipment and also doing the Zoom hosting. If you can have someone on sitting on Zoom that can handle your, your raised hands, if that's what you're doing and that kind of thing, that's good. But above all, Make sure that whatever approach you're taking, that your members are comfortable. And my, I would close by saying this, if at all possible, embrace this new world of hybrid meetings because you are gonna be able to bring in members to your organization and guests, you know, speakers and the like from anywhere. Um, so that if you have, for example, members that are say in nursing homes or in, a situation where they don't have transportation to get to your meetings. They can participate just as much as anyone else. So um, there are some logistics to think about, but you know, as we move out of COVID, we're entering a whole new world and take advantage of the opportunities it gives you. So just a couple of points and, and Ray and Carrie, thank you for that great um, summary of, of some of the things that we need to, man to watch in terms of these um, in-person or hybrid meetings. But just a couple tips. Um, in our own chapter, my chapter, um, we decided, and, and who knows, maybe we'll abolish it in a few months, but 
we decided a few months ago that for our social events, we would adopt a um, requirement that folks had to show proof of vaccination. Now, you say, well, does that mean you're going to have to collect it at every event? Well, what we did is our treasurer took uh, and put on his phone a, photos of everybody's vaccination card so that we didn't have to bring them to our events. And that might be a great thing for your chapter to do because it keeps a permanent record. Um, and so I give you that as a potential tip. Um, another thing, and this may have been mentioned, but a lot of venues that formerly were used for events aren't willing or able to um, hold those events anymore. So make sure that you check with your venue before, don't assume you're going to be able to go back to where you uh, may have been holding your meetings before. Also, um, you may have people that are still concerned about the virus, and if you're going to use a microphone at a hybrid meeting, you might want to have wipes for the microphone. So there are a lot of little things. I don't know if we have any time for questions. I know we're running behind, or whether we even have any questions. I guess that's up to Dan or, or Dan and or Janet. Uh, Jeff, we don't really have uh, any time for uh, for questions because we are running behind. But but please, uh, you know, take take a moment or two to kind of um, summarize. It's, it's been an excellent, excellent presentation. So I, I think in summary, you just need to, um, in addition to sort of the outline that Ray gave you on the technical logistics, which can be a, a little difficult. You need to use common sense and you need to be very sure to talk to your members and get their, excuse the pun, temperature, so to speak, on how they want to approach future meetings. And with that, I want to thank everyone for listening and I especially want to thank my fellow panelists. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Carrie. And thanks to the Burl Cauley Leadership Institute. Uh, you'll hear, I think, almost, Jeff, what, on a monthly basis now or very regular time frame uh, that the Burl Cauley Leadership Institute is holding uh, community events that really, uh, you know, focus on a new topic. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Carrie. And next, uh, the last panel for the day before we uh, turn it over to Gabriel and Swatha for our Spanish language wrap up, which I'm very excited about. And uh, I'd like to introduce uh, our panel, last panel for today, what's new with the community. And uh, I want to introduce Cindy Hollis, our uh, ACB Membership Services Director, and Colby Garrison, um, our uh, ACB Membership Services Administrative Assistant, and Lucy Edmonds, our new uh, Community Support Committee Chair, Welcome, ladies, and I, I appreciate all the hard work you all have been doing all day with the connection shows. And, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's, 
uh, <laughs> thank you for your flexibility as we've gone along through the day. And we are so excited to hear about the community. Take it away. <laughs> right, well, first of all, I want to thank you for my promotion, uh, Dan. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not a director. I'm manager of membership <laughs> you're engagement. Only, you're but, only you know. manager. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. All right, all right. Well, it's I'll, okay. I'll have to talk to Eric we, about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you. I don't, it's all good. Uh, we will try and be brief um, and so that we can really get to that Spanish uh, wrap-up show as quickly as possible. But uh, we have a special event happening on Thursday night as we celebrate two years of community. And I thought that what we could do is start with Colby and have her briefly just tell us some of what takes place in community and how people can get subscribed to our daily schedule and, uh, and how they could become an event planner if they have an idea. So Colby. All right. Thank you so much. So if you want to get subscribed to receive our community events daily schedule, it's really easy to do. You can send an email to community at acb.org. That's community at acb.org. Let us know you would like to receive our daily schedule of community events, and we will get you signed up to receive that. And that is the schedule. It's sent out the night before um, for the following day's events. Community events happen seven days a week, 365 days a year, including holidays. ACB ACB community (laughs) never stops. And And if you don't have access to email and you would like to still be able to participate, you certainly can do that as well. We have a phone system that you can call and listen to the schedule pre-recorded by myself each week. And that phone number is 1-800-424-8666. And so you can call and listen to the schedule via phone. Um, all of our events are held via Zoom, so you can participate on your computer or your smartphone or your tablet or via phone calling in on a landline if you would like to. Um, so we try to make it as you know widely available to as many people as possible who are accessing it using different methodologies. And um, we just, community keeps on growing. So if What you- kind of events can people expect to to find in that schedule we have such a wide (laughs) such a wide array of events we have calls on health and wellness um, peer-to-peer support technology crafting learning languages um, and formal and informal presentations on just a whole variety of topics we have book clubs we have social and fun events like karaoke every saturday night and open Mm -hmm. mic night every other (laughs) wednesday night and all of our events of course are safe respectful and welcoming those are our three 
um, kind of motto words that we live by in the ACB community. And I'll speak briefly about um, events. If you want to bring an event to the ACB community, we are so excited and would love to have your event. A lot of our regular calls that we have now or a lot of our regular events that we have started because somebody had an idea and yep. it just took off and ballooned. And now, you know, we have upwards of, I'd say between 90 and 100 calls per week is our average. Um, and, and they can just drop an email. If you are interested, wanting more information, just drop that email to community at acb.org and Colby or I will respond to you. Now, Lucy, Yes. You joined the community really early on, so we know that you are chairing the community support committee, but people need to know that you started uh, back in April of 2020, and and we started, by then, we probably, when you started, didn't even have, had, hadn't even held 100 calls yet. Oh, no, and, no. Yeah. All right. And now, tomorrow morning, we will celebrate our 75th. 500th call Yay. Oh yeah. my isn't that goodness. amazing oh. so so what brought you back what brought you what brings you back and share the kinds of calls that you um are facilitating because you've brought some calls to the community well what brought me to the community is the pandemic just like everyone else uh i was feeling isolated alone um, kind of going stir crazy. And I saw an email about the ACB community and I thought, well, geez, you know, this kind of, you know, sounds fun. So I started going to calls and I, the reason I come back is just because there is so much love in this community. It's just amazing. I have met so many wonderful people and made so many good friends that I never would have met. I mean, we could have been at the same physical convention and yep. never even known it. True. Yes. You know, it's just amazing. Likely it was right for oh, you and yeah. me. We never met in person. Right. That's and right. We've, we've been at conventions many times. And now yes. I would call you a close friend. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And so <laughs> the two calls that I facilitate uh, I both, they're both very fun. One is called Games to Play with Lady A. And I love to play games on all of my devices. So um, I just thought, well, why not? I can share this with people. And we have a blast. It's every other Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And on the alternate Tuesdays, I teach an abacus class. And I really never thought that there would be that much interest, but I, I, I did start out with about 25 students and I'm down to about 10. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's very fun. So yeah, I have just learned so many cool things in the community and I so appreciate the honor of sharing the community support committee because this is a fun committee. Yeah. And you know, I'm thinking about some of the other classes or, or yeah, classes like Braille. Um, oh. People can learn Braille, right? And yes. you, you actually started hosting now regularly for this grade three Braille. So grade yes. three Braille, just loving on Braille or learning Braille. Um, those that are just starting to learn, there's 
uh, Sundays and Tuesday nights. There's, I know that uh, you could learn uh, music, yeah, uh, pl- playing by ear. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's just amazing, and we would welcome. I, and there's languages: French, Latin. Latin um, yeah. We we're still looking for people that want to teach Spanish. Those they start and then they fizzle out, but there are people that want it. So yeah. absolutely, I get yeah. a call at least probably once a week asking, "When are the Spanish calls?" And coming all out? the exercise oh. stuff. Leslie Spoon oh, is yeah. like a energizer bunny and uh, just keeps on coming she started with one class a week and now does five a week uh, yeah. cooking uh, so the sky's the limit if you have not yet taken part in our community you need to join us uh, drop an email if you want to just see one daily schedule we'll forward it to you if you want to check it out first before you submit uh, you know and ask to be subscribed um, but I will tell you that we don't send out a lot of email in that daily schedule. It usually is one, unless there's like some reason that we have to communicate. Um, you also can listen to ACB Media 5 24-7, and you'll hear ongoing content of events that have been uh, played live previously, and now you're hearing the pre-recorded version of it and then sometimes you'll get an interruption and you'll hear something live like tonight at 9 p.m eastern you can listen in to karaoke and we have a great time and we've also connected with clubhouse so um now community does a joint event every single morning at 9 a.m and we call it acb presents the daily schedule and it's an opportunity for people to come together. They get to hear the schedule. We have a crew that we ask a day, a question of the day. It's usually silly and fun. And uh, and then anybody that's there can raise their hand, answer the question, or share something. We sing a uh, happy birthday to people when they're there. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. And we average around 60 people on that call every morning. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, if you are not a part of community, we want you to be, if you are, and you really value what we do, we hope you're sharing it with other people. Uh, the more, the merrier, lots of friendships are still out there to be made. We know it. So, uh, uh, any final thoughts, either of you ladies, before we hand it over and. I know we're doing this shortened uh, presentation, but I, I want us to be able to give. Oh, just join us for up. the birthday yeah. celebration on Thursday. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock Eastern. We're going to have cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Virtual cake virtual of every cake. kind, <laughs> including including for Colby alone, cupcakes. All <laughs> right. <laughs> right, oh, Colby, because those are easier, right? They're easier. <laughs> easier. I'm going to make sure yours has a lot of icing on it so that Thank when you, you go to eat it, it gets right on, on your nose. nose. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Bring on the frosting. Let's do uh, it. All right. Yum, yum. Ladies, anyway, uh, I have uh, to ask you guys one thing, yeah. and that is yes. I, this is a phenomenon that I've noticed, and, and, and Eric and 
I have one call once a month with Let's Talk Sports, right? Yes. We've developed over the last two years to set of regulars. Right? Yes, of course. You get yeah. on coming. You bet. Yes. If, if you miss somebody once or twice, you, you worry about them. Worry yes, about yes we do. Like, I call Absolutely. them like pocket pals. I mean, you yeah. have no. become, they're your, your regulars. They're your buddies. And, and if your call doesn't happen, you will hear about them. Oh, yes. No. If, there's, oh, no. if it's not on the schedule, we get calls, emails. <laughs> oh, yeah. of, what happened to blah, blah, blah? So, I, I, you I, hear, know, I hear it from Leslie. Like, that's, oh, I was I'm just really going to say, yeah. Leslie's not Sandy. allowed to go on vacation. <laughs> I, I, no. I, I haven't not. heard from Sandy for two, you know, for two classes. Yeah. I'm going to call and see if she's yeah. okay. I mean, it's really it is. A it's amazing. It is. Yeah. No, it's oh, connection. It's connection mm-hmm. at its best. And I think that one of the things that community has brought is it has brought ACB to be real and alive. Mm-hmm. And it we are active and it's every day. We've yep. done things on Thanksgiving, Christmas and Christmas Eve, Easter. It doesn't matter the holiday. And people come out not only to participate, but we have hosts that volunteer. They're willing, they, they give up part of their holiday to give to this community. It is, it's just pretty amazing. And it's something every affiliate can use as a perk of membership, even though you don't have to be a member to participate in the community. It's something we should be sharing with everybody that comes into contact with us as an organization at all levels uh, and inviting them to take part in the community. So. Well, thank you all so much. And we'll continue to hear from you. Uh, for the rest of the DC Leadership Conference on the all Connection right. Shows. And yep. thanks for all that yeah. you do. And go community and happy second birthday. Yes, Yay. I hope yes. you'll be there, Dan. We'd love you to be there if you can. Uh, and we will try our best. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> well, what a wonderful first day of the DC Leadership Conference. I hope everybody has enjoyed the presentations. I want to thank our ACB staff and all of our volunteers for working so hard to put on today's event. And it's not over. We have one final event that I really want uh, anybody who speaks Spanish language or would even just like to hear Spanish language, please step up and participate in the Spanish language wrap-up show. It's going to be hosted by Gabriel Lopez Cafati and Swatha Nanda Kumar. And it will be coming up uh, real soon here on ACB Media 6. So uh, again, thanks everybody for a wonderful day. We'll get started again tomorrow at 12.30 Eastern with the Connection Show. And then the formal welcome agenda will start at 1 o'clock. And we'll run through the uh, Spanish language wrap-up show at 6.30. It'll be over from 6 to 6.30. And then at 7.30 tomorrow, we'll have our fireside chat. We're going to chat with five leaders of... uh, of our community that are blind and low vision and their CEOs and presidents of their respective organizations, the challenges that they're dealing with, how they've handled the pandemic, where they see the future of organizations going and how more blind leaders can be developed that can 
strive and reach for the highest levels of an organization. So with all that said, I want to give a special thanks to Rick Mor- Mor- Rick Morin, uh, JoLynn Bailey-Page, uh, Larry Gassman, and all the folks out there who've helped stream today and keep us on the air, Deb Cook-Lewis, uh, ACB Media, Jeff, uh, Jeff Bishop. I know I'm forgetting names, but I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And everybody, please stay tuned for Spanish language wrap-up show. Do we have Gabriel and Swatha with us? Hola, Swatha. Hola, Gabe. ¿Cómo estás? Bien. ¿Y tú qué tal? Bien. Uh, ¿cuál, fue tu, ¿Cuál fue tu día? <laughs> bueno, ha sido la conclusión del primer día de las reuniones de liderazgo del American Council of the Blind, Consejo Americano de Ciegos para el año 2022 y bueno nuevamente de manera virtual eh, quiero comenzar por hacer eco de lo que muchos de nuestros líderes han dicho eh, este es el segundo año consecutivo en que ACB sostiene estos encuentros y estas reuniones de manera virtual por razón de la pandemia y bueno le hemos hecho frente a la situación y Claro, no hay comparativo con el estar en persona, la camaradería, eh, la, esa experiencia de estar en vivo en el mismo lugar. Pero como todos hemos dicho, le hemos hecho frente a esta situación y esta es una labor titánica. Y bueno, este año no solo uh, estamos logrando que, que sucedan las reuniones, sino que estamos incorporando por primera vez contenido en español. Eso me, me alegra mucho, me llena de, de, de mucha emoción. Sí, yo también. Es una um, cosa fantástica. Sí, definitivamente es, como tú dijiste, suave, fantástico, porque en el, uno de los, sabemos que uno de los, uh, de las dinámicas más fuertes en ACB es eh, la inclusión y la diversidad y bueno, qué mejor forma que incluir a una población que es no solo una población, eh, una minoría gigantesca en Estados Unidos sino que también dentro de la población de personas ciegas y de baja visión que es la población latina, la población hispanoparlante mm -hmm. y ¿Cuáles uh, reuniones que um, tú asististe a ese, ese día? Que... Bueno, so, has estado todo el día. <ríe> Entre Anthony y yo nos hemos estado turnando para poder ir a todas. Um, y si no he estado presente por medio de Zoom, he estado presente por medio de ACB Media. Y bueno, quiero aprovechar, ya que mencionamos ACB Media, darle la bienvenida porque yo sé que muchas personas de habla hispana de la comunidad nos están escuchando por ACB Media, eh, canal número 6 y por favor pasen la voz a sus amistades eh, porque vamos a hablar de, de los siguientes cuatro días, vamos a hablar de contenido de suma importancia de las reuniones de liderazgo y de los imperativos legislativos que ACB está llevando al Congreso este año. Y no solo eso, sino que... Eh, tenemos diversidad de canales también. Pueden eh, buscar la página de YouTube de ACB o la página de Facebook de ACB, donde 
en este momento también estamos transmitiendo en vivo. Y eh, toda esta información la pueden encontrar en nuestro sitio web que es acb.org barra live, L-I-V-E. Y bueno, Suaza, para entrar en materia, a ver, empezamos eh, para darles un, un sabor de lo que ha, ha sido el día. Eh, a lo largo del día hemos tenido la participación de lo que es la comunidad. Eh, la comunidad para los que son nuevos y los que no, nos, no se han hecho miembros todavía de ACB, que esperamos pronto lo sean, eh, la comunidad es algo que nació también justo como una respuesta que el ACB dio a la pandemia. Y Cindy Hollis, que es la... Eh, directora, bueno, <ríe> sí, directora, hace poco estaba escuchando y me reí porque, porque en inglés eh, sé que, que director, directory manager es diferente. <ríe> Entonces, pero en español viene siendo más o menos lo mismo. Cindy Hollis, que es la gerente de membresía y asuntos de miembros, ha estado con su equipo, con Kobe Harrison, que es su asistente, y um, Lucy Edmonds, que es la... Eh, jefa del, del comité de la comunidad y la comunidad básicamente es todo lo que incluye eh, las llamadas, que hay decenas de llamadas diarias eh, como recordarán lo hablamos hace un poco más de una semana en, el, um, en, en la llamada ACB101 en la cual estuvimos hablando empezando a hablar de todo lo que es ACB en español y eh, la comunidad es una forma en la cual eh, nos hemos unido virtualmente y en la cual hay llamadas de todo tipo, de interés común, de cocina, de recetas, de libros, clubes de ¿Y lectura. Tienes, ¿Tienes una llamada en español uh, para los uh, miembros que hablan solamente español? ¿Sí? sí, claro, ese, 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 hicimos la primera hace poco más de una semana, que es la ACB101, y vamos a continuar periódicamente por lo menos una vez al mes y vamos a incrementar. Entonces, eh, esta comunidad ha, sido, ha tenido una presencia muy fuerte el día de hoy y la seguirá teniendo durante los cuatro días, eh, ya que Cindy en cada receso eh, nos trae algo novedoso o comenta algo acerca de las reuniones. Así que eh, vamos a... a a progresar un poquito en materia. Eh, tuvimos hoy eh, las palabras inaugurales de estas reuniones por nuestro presidente Dan Spoon, que es también originario de, eh, bueno, el residente de aquí del estado de la Florida, de donde yo soy. Eh, Dan vive con su esposa Leslie en Orlando, en la tierra de Mickey Mouse. <ríe> yo vivo más al sur, en Miami. Y Dan nos... Uh, nos inauguró este día con palabras muy elocuentes y con una bienvenida a toda la comunidad. Eh, luego, Suaza, estuvimos hablando. Recuérdame si hay algo que se me escapa, por favor, Suaza, porque creo que luego estuvimos eh, conversando y escuchamos la participación de algunos miembros del uh, Consejo, eh, de, del, perdón, de la Junta Consejera. Eh, sí. que de ACB que eh, para los que no saben la junta consejera está formada, es diferente a la junta directiva, 
La Junta Consejera es el grupo de personas que son directores ejecutivos de compañías, empresas grandes, multinacionales o eh, organizaciones sin fines de lucro que participan en eh, dar consejería y traen sí. su experta opinión para ayudar a, al manejo de la organización como es ACB. Sí, Adelante, Suárez. Sí, tuvimos uh, videos de, um, con um, Aaron Patera, uh -huh. Bill, Bill Reader y, um, no, um, yo, uh, olvido. Uh, ¿Qué es el tercero? Sabes que yo, yo pensé que solo había sido Aaron Patera y, y Bill. Pero bueno, en fin, yo creo que los dos nos olvidamos de, de la misma persona sin intención, pero ha sido un día tan cargado de información que, bueno, eh, toda esta información, Suaza, eh, creo que está siendo grabada y luego será elevada a nivel de podcast, ¿correcto? Sí, sí. Uh, sí, a todas las sesiones y um, las reuniones uh, va a ser pod podcasts uh, uh -huh. luego. Uh, or después de la, la, la conferencia. Sí. sí, perfecto. Así que cualquier cosa que se nos escape a Suaza y a mí, de antemano pedimos disculpas, pero ha sido un día intenso, muchas reuniones y muchísima mm. información. Sí. <risa> Muchísimas, sí. Ambos, Suaza y yo, estamos bastante involucrados con ACB y, y hemos tenido bastante, bastante, hemos tenido nuestra mente... Eh, como dividida en diferentes direcciones. Pero eh, luego eh, me gustaría que ahondáramos un poquito también en las tres reuniones concurrentes que hubieron, que eran opcionales. Eh, a mí me interesaban las tres, así que como te mencionaba hace poco, Suata, eh, Anthony y yo estábamos tratando de, de dividirnos quién iba a cuál, escuchar en un momento a uno, en un momento a otro. Entonces, para recapitular, esas tres reuniones son eh, reuniones que ACB siempre incorpora dentro de las reuniones de liderazgo, que son reuniones informativas, no solo para los presidentes de los afiliados de ACB, eh, que como recordarán de la llamada del jueves pasado, eh, los afiliados de ACB son ya sea de interés especial o eh, afiliados estatales. Eh, pero para toda la comunidad de, de cada afiliado porque son, es información que, que ACB proporciona para ayudarnos a mantener nuestra, nuestros afiliados activos y, y, y manteniéndose eh, a flote en medio de situaciones tan difíciles como ha sido la pandemia. El primero fue eh, el, 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 la, la charla acerca del sistema AMS. Suaza, que es, eh, si, no, si, quieres, si quieres explicar un poco de lo que es AMS y de lo que significa para la membresía de ACB. Ah, sí, sí. Um, el programa de MMS es una... Um, no sé cómo, cómo, cómo decir. Um, es un programa para donar or, um, uh -huh. donar uh, dinero. Sí, sí. Sí, sí. Uh, ¿Es MSC o sí. no? Uh, sí, sí, perfecto, sí. sí. Bueno, eh, y, y entonces el, el, el MMS es, es un, un sistema monetario de contribución mensual en el cual ustedes pueden donar, creo que empieza desde 5 dólares, ¿correcto, Suata? Sí, sí, sí. Uh, 
Sí, sí, es, uh, y, y, y puedes uh, dividir um, tu uh, contribución entre dos afiliados o um, el del ACB National sí, y sí. Um, un afiliado que tú quieres. Sí, uh -huh. sí es, es magnífico porque tú puedes, eh, como tú dijiste, Suata, eh, todos podemos ayudar a elegir a un afiliado y si da de nuestra donación mensual, si, eh, la mitad iría para ACB eh, para apoyar todo el trabajo que hace ACB a nivel nacional y la otra mitad de nuestra donación puede ir para cualquier afiliado que nosotros destinemos ya sea estatal o eh, afiliado de interés especial. Las otras reuniones que tuvimos también hablaban un poco del sistema por el cual eh, ACB tiene control de lo que es eh, la, los miembros. Eh, toda persona que es miembro de eh, un afiliado de interés especial o de un afiliado estatal automáticamente se convierte en un miembro de ACB. Y entonces el AMS también, eh, no hay que confundirlo, MMS es el monetario, AMS, eh, tal vez no tengan que, eso no es muy, muy relevante, pero sí, sí es bueno compartirlo para que todos sepan eh, la transparencia con la que se maneja la membresía de ACB y eso es a través del sistema de, voy a decirlo en español mejor para no confundir a la gente, AMS, que es un sistema que ACB utiliza para que las personas que somos líderes de afiliados eh, certifiquemos quiénes son miembros activos y así a su vez ellos puedan ser registrados como miembros de ACB. Eh, tuvimos una charla muy interesante eh, acerca de marketing, mercadeo y comunicaciones y cómo mantener un flujo de comunicación eh, para nuestros afiliados que fue lleno de muchísima información eh, por personas que son uh, bastante... Eh, digamos líderes en, en materia de comunicación y mercadeo eh, y tecnología de comunicación en ACB como es eh, la, nuestra primera nuestra primer vicepresidenta Deb Cook-Lewis eh, el, el miembro de la junta directiva de ACB Jeff Bishop eh, y la directora de la junta de publicaciones Katie Frederick ellos nos dieron un, un recorrido a través de lo que son comunicaciones y mercadeo y cómo mantenernos al tanto y cómo mantener comunicación con nuestros miembros, sobre todo en esta, en esta época de, de vida virtual. Y el tercero, Suaza, que también eh, fue muy interesante, que eh, me parece que aquí hay mucha posibilidad para ustedes quienes nos escuchan y quieren formar un grupo, si quieren formar un afiliado de habla hispana en su comunidad local, eh, ese, ese tercer eh, eh, workshop, ese, ese, ese tercer eh, reunión que se dio fue eh, justamente dirigida a eso, a técnicas y al procedimiento que se debe seguir para formar su propio afiliado, su propio grupo e incluso su propio podcast. Eh, hubo bastante información tecnológica, pero también hubo bastante información práctica en cuanto a cómo lograr eh, constituirse como un grupo, como un afiliado. Así que si ustedes están pensando en unirse eh, como un grupo de habla hispana localmente, ese es un podcast que deben escuchar eh, cuando esté listo. Y aquí 
esos tres, estos cuatro días eh, los mantendremos al tanto de cómo va el progreso y dónde pueden encontrar los podcasts eventualmente. Sí, tenemos, tuvimos uh, tres uh, personas que ten, te, 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 tienen una um, podcast. Um, tenemos a uh, Bill, no, Brian Charlson. Brian uh, Charlson, sí. El esposo de Kim Charlson. Sí, que es nuestra sí. y, 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 y presidenta inmediata. Sí, y um, Bill Thomas, Thomas Reed, uh, él sí. Read My Mind a podcast. Sí, y, sí. Um, sí. Um, y Michael Babcock, de, sí, sí uh, de, de um, Pay Your Way uh, podcast. Y um, ellos... Uh, tienen, tienen muchos avisos um, para que como uh, empe empezar tu, um, empezar tu uh, propio podcast o um, que cuál necesitas, cuál software, cuál um, mic micrófono, cuál um, audience, uh, no sé. Sí, para, para mejor alcanzar la audiencia que, que está intentando. Sí, sí. Bueno, luego tuvimos el honor de tener a nuestro eh, invitado especial de la conferencia o de las reuniones, eh, que en inglés se conoce como keynote speaker, que fue el... Um, recién contratado director ejecutivo de Vespero, eh, sí. o como se conoce en inglés por sus siglas, CEO de Vespero, que todos en la comunidad de personas ciegas y baja visión sabemos que Vespero es un gigante en el mundo de la tecnología adaptativa para nosotros y son eh, no solo... Eh, producen eh, mucho software como JAWS, que es el más reconocido, ZoomText, uh -huh. ahora todos reunidos en uno solo, que se llama Fusion. También tienen, eh, son, son manufactureros de algunos dispositivos de magnificación, lectores de pantalla, eh, reconocimiento de caracteres eh, de, por medio de, de imagen. Y el tema fue un tema que a todos en la comunidad nos apasiona, Creo que todos hemos tenido en algún momento de nuestra vida que luchar con lo que son los famosos touchscreens, las pantallas sí, táctiles sí, sí. <ríe> en y, kioscos. Uh, sí. Uh -huh. sí, en muchos lugares uh, tienen una kiosk o un touchscreen uh, que no es accesible para los... Uh, usan tecnología como JAWS o NVDA. Ah, sí. sí, como Suárez lo dijo, no, no, esto es en, en, la, en su mayoría todas estas tecnologías de pantalla táctil eh, no son accesibles. Eh, lo hemos experimentado eh, en, en aeropuertos cuando eh, hemos visto la reducción de personal por las líneas aéreas y entonces ahora hay que eh, uno tiene que casi registrarse solo y, y, y todo es por medio de una pantalla táctil que como Suaza lo acaba de mencionar no es accesible eh, inclusive en consultorios médicos laboratorios 
eh, todo pues está también. transicionando a esa, a esa tecnología. Y parece ser que Vespero está haciendo mucho esfuerzo por lograr eh, penetrar eh, esa, ese mercado y lograr hacer que esas pantallas táctiles tengan accesibilidad en consideración. Y eh, fue un orgullo tener al director ejecutivo, al nuevo director ejecutivo de Vespero con nosotros porque él eh, públicamente nos pidió a nosotros como usuarios, lo que se llama en inglés end consumers, que somos los, los usuarios de última mano, que le demos nuestra, nuestra retroalimentación, o como llaman en inglés nuestro feedback, acerca de cómo mejorar y de cómo de, de dónde necesitamos ayuda de accesibilidad en pantallas táctiles. Creo que uno de los sitios con los que están trabajando es con McDonald's y también salió a relucir la pantalla táctil que ahora se usa para manejar todo lo que son las bebidas en muchos restaurantes eh, de comidas rápidas en Estados Unidos. Sí, um, ACB uh, tra trabaja con muchos con muchos um, con compañías uh, que uh, tienes um, batallas táctiles y um, queremos um, hacer mucho en este um, asunto. Sí, así que fue una excelente presentación y fue una, eh, un, una gran colaboración que creo que están haciendo de ahí con con Vespero, que ya nosotros hemos negociado, hemos tratado mucho y tenemos una relación muy cercana con la gente de Vespero, pero esto nos, creo que nos acerca aún más. Y fue una conversación muy amena entre nuestro presidente Dan Spoon y el director ejecutivo de Vespero. También estará en forma de podcast si lo quieren escuchar. Y más adelante se habló también un poco de lo que es el programa de lo que se llama en inglés Mentorship que es eh, un programa de mentores. Eh, ACB está lanzando un programa en el cual eh, personas que son líderes en la organización van a ser identificadas para ser mentores de personas que son un poco más nuevas en la organización para eh, proporcionarles entrenamiento y proporcionarles eh, una guía de cómo llegar a posiciones de liderazgo en la organización. Eso es un proyecto que es monumental y es un proyecto que nos indica que ACB está dispuesto y listo para preparar a la nueva generación a tomar el mando y el liderazgo de la organización en un futuro. Sí, um, y es un programa... Um... Que, que, que queremos um, reach uh, a alcanzar, alcanzar, okay, mm -hmm. alcanzar uh, um, los me y um, los uh, miembros que están people of color, no sé cómo. Sí, personas de color. Personas de color, personas, personas, mm -hmm. personas de color sí. Uh, y um, así, sí, um, es una. Um, manera que, que reconocemos uh, hacer mucho, mucho y um, es dirigida de nuestra resolución 2020 
220 a 11 en ACB. Um, sí, claro. Eh, eso es una de las cosas en las cuales se, se, se refleja mucho eh, que las resoluciones no solo son papel en ACB, las resoluciones son acción. Entonces, como Suata bien lo dijo, esta es la forma en la cual ACB está poniendo en marcha, dándole acción, dándole vida a esa resolución que se pasó en el cual eh, se, se fomenta, se, ACB se compromete a fomentar la diversidad y el entrenamiento de minorías y de personas eh, de diversos eh, orígenes en, en la organización para eh, eventualmente ocupar puestos de liderazgo. Sí. Uh, entonces um, tuvimos uh, una presentación de DKM sí. y JP Morgan Chase. Uh -huh. sí. Y um, los dos ser, um, serán un programa que... Um, alcanzar um, miembros y personas que es, están nuevos a uh, ACB. Sí, sí. Uh -huh. sí perfecto. Suata, lo que, lo que, eh, hablando un poquito más de detalle, lo que el programa um, de DKM, como menciona Suata y JP Morgan, es el eh, programa de auspicio um, en el cual ACB le proporciona la puerta a personas eh, que, que son nuevas en la organización para que asistan a, nuestras, a, a nuestra conferencia anual, eh, que este año será en Omaha, Nebraska, a partir del primero de julio. Y ACB eh, no solo paga los gastos de estadía y de viaje de la persona, de, la, de, de las personas que, que son eh, honorarias de estos miembros, de estos premiaciones eh, como son DKM y JP Morgan y también da entrenamiento para que estas personas nuevas, relativamente nuevas o personas que son totalmente nuevas a la organización puedan eh, empezar a involucrarse y, y se les da un entrenamiento para también eh, formar futuros líderes de la organización. Así que si tienen más interés en, en, en en someter su aplicación para ser considerado para uno de estos premios, por favor, eh, nos pueden contactar. Al final vamos a dar el, el correo electrónico oficial al cual pueden comunicarse con ACB para, para obtener más información acerca de esto, uh, de, la, de, las, de las becas o de cualquier, otra, de cualquier otro tema que les llame la atención y que quieran que ahondemos un poco más. Um, Luego también estuvimos escuchando Suaza acerca de lo que se espera para la convención, que por primera vez, <ríe> esos últimos dos, tres años han sido de, de hacer algo por primera vez en la historia. Bueno, este año se repite otra, otra primer, otro primer evento que es la primer convención nacional de manera híbrida. Sí, wow. tres clases de ganadores y um, honorarios de, de, de las becas de, um, de 
las um, Chase, Jimmy Chase Fellows y las sí. Dick Alzheimer's es, sí. están una grande, ¿no? Uh-huh. Y este año, Suata, lo que, hay que vale la pena que también eh, se, se fue, fue bastante recalcado es que las personas que sean escogidas van a tener una oportunidad muy única de compartir con los ganadores del año 2021 y 2020, porque como al no haber una conferencia física, como ven, 2020 y 2021 fueron virtuales, los ganadores de 2020 y 2021 estarán en persona en Omaha. Entonces los ganadores de DKM y de JP Morgan este año se encontrarán con ganadores de dos años. O sea que esa es una experiencia única en la historia, creo yo. Uh-huh. Y bueno, eh, se habló también de todas las medidas de precaución que habrán. Eh, se sabe que muchas personas todavía estamos eh, bastante... Eh, cuidadosas eh, sabemos que la pandemia está cediendo pero no ha pasado del todo eh, habrán medidas de seguridad eh, nuestro segundo vicepresidente Ray Campbell dio muchos eh, tips, muchos consejos eh, para las personas que piensan asistir en persona a Omaha eh, en el, en, 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 eh, como parte de esos consejos es, es estar siempre informado de los requerimientos locales en cuanto a el uso de tapabocas y máscaras, eh, los requerimientos de vacuna en ciertos lugares, ya sea en el hotel o en los restaurantes o en los lugares de, de, lugares de acceso común y público que se visiten en Omaha, ya sea como parte de, de, del programa de ACB o a nivel personal. Porque todos sabemos que cuando estamos en una conferencia eh, siempre salimos, hacemos, eh, nos reunimos con amigos y amigas y vamos a un restaurante como afuera del programa eh, oficial. Entonces hay que estar muy pendiente de todo eso y también eh, hay que respetar que hay muchas personas que aunque asistan en, en físico, eh, se querrán mantener un poco alejadas, eh, mantendrán siempre su tapabocas y su mascarilla todo el tiempo. Y bueno, para eso también está el componente híbrido, que muchas de las reuniones, muchas de las eh, charlas serán transmitidas no solo por audio, sino que también por video y bueno, habrá una presencia casi completa o universal de todo lo que son las reuniones y las charlas. Sí, y la última uh, reunión eh, uh, hoy um, se, um, es, 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 estuve una um, charla con um, el community, community Support Committee, uh-huh. el comité, comité uh, de comunidad con uh, Colby Garrison y Cindy Hollis y Lucy Edmonds. Um, sí, sí, sí el, 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 ellas cerraron el día de hoy con broche de oro hablándonos de todo lo que es la comunidad y básicamente yo lo que quiero que, que, que la comunidad de habla hispana que nos está escuchando es eh, lo, el mensaje que se lleven de, ese, de, lo que, de lo que Cindy y su equipo mencionó es que si ustedes tienen una idea, esa idea fácilmente se puede convertir en, en, un, en un elemento de la comunidad o lo que llamamos en ACB Community Call o llamadas de comunidad. Eh, así han nacido casi todas las llamadas de comunidad, eh, las personas que han tenido una idea se la han presentado a Cindy, la han elaborado y ACB da todo el apoyo técnico de, con, por medio de Zoom, 
tenemos una persona que nos asiste tecnológicamente en, en controlar los, los cuartos de Zoom y en facilitar también la, la transmisión eh, por medio de ACB Media y la participación de invitados, de preguntas y respuestas. Así que la, la, la logística está, eh, ACB se ha hecho un experto en eh, estas llamadas de comunidad, creo que en estos días mencionó también Cindy, si no me equivoco, creo que mañana o en esta semana celebramos el segundo aniversario de las llamadas de comunidad y bueno, eh, esperamos que si tienen una idea que nos comuniquen. Eh, Suaza, deberíamos creo darles un poquito de, de, de lo que mañana, bueno, no quiero adelantarles, pero lo que sí Queremos decirles, es, antes de darles la información de dónde nos pueden eh, eh, enviar eh, cualquier solicitud de información o nos pueden enviar sus comentarios, queremos comentarles que mañana eh, no tendremos la transmisión en español de la última parte del programa por razones de, de horario. Eh, nuestro presidente Danspun tendrá una eh, conversación informal con cinco líderes que son personas eh, ciegas o baja visión en Estados Unidos, que son directores ejecutivos o presidentes de organizaciones y compañías grandes. Y será una comunicación, una conversación bastante informal acerca del estado de, de, de la situación para lo que es la, nuestra comunidad en, en este país hoy en día. Y... Ese, ese resumen se los tendremos hasta el lunes como parte de la llamada en español a las 6 de la tarde hora del este, pero mañana a las 6 de la tarde hora del este sí hablaremos de todo lo que eh, acontezca mañana durante el día. Suaza, no sé qué dices tú, si les adelantamos algo o los dejamos eh, como sorpresa para que nos acompañen mañana nuevamente a las 6. Sí, uh... Repite, repite, repite. Sí, que si quieres, si hay algo que quieres resaltar de lo que vamos a cubrir mañana en las reuniones o lo dejamos de sorpresa. Uh, de so, um, <risa> okay. uh, tienes um, muchas um, reuniones y um, um, con sesiones concurrentes um, de audio descripción y um, de otras y um, tenemos uh, presentaciones um, de uh, más personas que um, consejeras. Uh, uh -huh. okay. Sí, perfecto. Sí, no, no, no vamos a dar mucha información porque no queremos, si, si se inscribieron, queremos que participen de las reuniones en vivo y si no se inscribieron, queremos que nos acompañen mañana a las seis horas del este en este, en este programa de recapitulación en español de lo que son las reuniones de liderazgo de ACB para el 2022. Y antes de despedirnos, Suaza, yo quisiera compartir eh, nuestro correo electrónico al cual nos pueden enviar información. Creo que sí podemos compartir el correo oficial, ¿correcto? En, en la llamada, Suaza. Sí, de Nancy, de Nancy Becker. Yeah. Oh, bueno, no, yo pensaba compartir el, el correo para, para español, el de bienvenidos. Oh, perdona, no, sí, bienvenidos. Bienvenidos a acb.org. 
Sí. Perfecto, sí. So, ese es nuestro correo. La palabra en español, tal cual, bienvenidos, arroba acb.org. Eh, nos alegra mucho recibir sus comentarios, su retroalimentación y sobre todo sus preguntas y su interés. Y como el mismo correo lo dice, bienvenidos, bienvenidos a ACB. Sí, uh, yeah, bienvenidos, sí. Gracias, Suaza, gracias por. Gracias. Por y sigue, yeah. sí, y uh, sigue abogando. Siguen abogando, exactamente, ese es el lema de, de Suaza en su posición, seguir abogando. <ríe>